0: Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, The Bobby Curran Show on ESPN Honolulu. It's the Sports Animals on the Bobby Curran Show here on ESPN Honolulu. Top stories from the weekend. Marcus Mariota is back.
1: So far, so good for Mariota. Nice little touchdown there at the beginning of his preseason game with Atlanta.
0: Albert Pujols is back.
1: 689 home runs. I hope he holds on for 700. Probably will take next year, though.
0: Giannis Atentacumpo, could he be a Chicago Bull?
1: What was he Thinking even answering that question in the way he did, now people are going to wonder. I don't know why he went that route. Really surprising. I think he wishes he would change, have changed that answer.
0: Hmm. All right. Well, good morning. It's a National Relaxation Day today. I don't know why they made it on a Monday, but it's nat- <laughs> It was invented in 1985 by a fourth grader. I mean, how stressful can this fourth grader's life be? He had to invent a day to relax. Tired for the weekend, I guess. You're supposed to read a book or take a nap or something, but um, um, I don't know. Good luck breaking that to your boss today. It was good news to see Marcus Mariota, uh, his first appearance as a Falcon in preseason, although a very small sample size. Uh, he did play a quarter, but um, I'm trying to find his stats. I can't remember what they are. Was he five for five, something like that?
1: I'll get them in just a second. Here, anyway, he, had a good he, was, he had He had. performance.
0: He had he He did um He uh, ran the ball pretty well, scrambled for a touchdown, and uh, he looked like the old Marcus Mariota. He was two for
1: two for 35 yards, had three rushing attempts for 23 yards with that rushing touchdown.
0: 24. Oh, only two for two. Why did I think five for five? Anyway, he looked really good in leading that offense, though, at a sustained, I think, a nine minute sustained drive. And, uh, you know, it's only preseason, but better two for two and a nice run for a touchdown than not right oh yeah
1: i mean you could look good you could look bad some guys didn't look that great so i mean for him being on a new team we we're hopeful he would look as good as he did and you're right it's only preseason, so we're not going to judge too much into that but i guess you could say so far so good
0: yeah trey lance looked pretty promising in his short uh um outing for the san francisco 49ers too uh four of five passes 92 yards with a touchdown no interceptions, and, uh, you know, it's the coaches know best, and they knew best here.
1: <laughs> a, well, you have a 76-yard touchdown, I believe, in that game, or a pass, at least, in that game. That's incredible, and a lot of people were raving about him. And I, I, To me, I was still skeptical of him. I know the coaches were saying he's the guy, Jimmy G is not our future, Lance is, but a lot of people really raving about Trey Lance's performance early on.
0: Right, and he looked good. I mean, it's, when you say you were skeptical, if people are skeptical, they have no reason to be skeptical because they haven't seen him in practice. True, true. I, I don't I know how many that. practices you've been to, but <laughs> <laughs> one, uh, one now. But yes, yeah, that's, that's true.
1: I just the way, the way people were anointing him as the savior for this team that did pretty well with Jimmy G, and I know there's problems on his end with the injuries and stuff. Still, I was, I'm really curious on how that'll play out. And he had a great performance in his game against Green Bay.
0: Right, Tua Tonga-Vailoa, I believe he did not play uh, in their game against Tampa Bay.
1: Yeah, I mean, they did have, what, 20, I think 20 players, and most of them starters didn't even play in that game. What I'm curious with a three-game preseason schedule, when will we see the starters, if at all? Usually it's week three of the four-game preseason schedule that we do, so I'm curious about that. I'm hoping for Tua, especially with the new coaching staff, that he does get to play maybe this week against the Raiders, they play them on Saturday. Mm. But uh, i not, not a surprise that some of those guys didn't play. Some players have a different philosophy where, you know, guys like Aaron Rodgers, Tua Tango-Vailoa, Tom Brady is not even there, and they're not going to play. But some quarterbacks do get some time. It was interesting in the Miami game, and we'll have a Dolphins guest on later, though, Chris, Teddy Bridgewater didn't play either. Skyler Thompson played the entire game. I don't know if I've ever seen yeah. a preseason game where one quarterback plays the entire game.
0: Yeah. And you've seen him the majority. I mean, on the other side of the ball, uh, I can't remember. Uh, was it uh, Kyle Trask? He played yeah. the majority of the game. Um, and I guess Blaine Gabbert kind of came in at the end or started in the beginning, but whatever it was, I didn't see the game. I just, I'm looking at stats, but the majority of that game was played by uh, Kyle Trask
1: trying to get a look at him he actually had a pretty good numbers at least 25 of 33 for 258 but see for somebody like that I'm not going to really judge it because he's not going up against Miami Dolphins starting defense still those numbers are good though for a guy who didn't really play last year the second year player now out of Florida Gabbard was five for five and he's a veteran they didn't really need him but again I I just don't really see a quarterback playing an entire preseason game. that was a little strange uh for Miami on their side Saturday
0: well, what's your is, big takeaway for the weekend what else is going on in the what are you observing over the the, the, the games Uh oh, Jets oh, the quarterback got hurt uh, what, what, what did you what's your take on the weekend for
1: for well I, I want to talk about UH in a minute uh, for the Jets I, I don't want to see anybody get hurt I have a feeling that with uh Joe Flacco probably getting the start in week one oh yeah against Baltimore I have a feeling he's a better quarterback than Zach Wilson. I mean, I watched a replay of Zach Wilson getting hurt. There was very little contact on that. I thought maybe he got hit, got hit late, something like that. Nothing like that. He just did a scramble, and those things will happen. Uh, But, you know, I'm not a fan of his, and I, I haven't seen a ton of him, but what I saw last year wasn't encouraging. I wasn't that upset that he got hurt. I know that's a terrible thing to say. And I don't want to see anybody get hurt. I just don't think he necessarily is their starting quarterback to get them the 7-8 or more wins. Not saying that Joe Flacco is either, but I feel confident with Joe Flacco, who apparently had a great drive earlier today in practice, uh, leading the first team, including Brees Hall, to a touchdown pass. And I, I feel better about him being the quarterback than Zach Wilson. So that was one of the takeaways I take. Another one is that I guess the Chicago Bears soldier field isn't really that good. A lot of people complaining about it. I didn't think an NFL field could be that poorly maintained, but according to players over the weekend when they played Kansas City, it was. Um, other than that, not really a whole lot as far as big takeaways, except I guess Sean Watson. We find out on Friday, as we talked about it on Friday's show, that. If the appeal was, a decision was made on the appeal, he might not play. It wasn't, so he does play. Jacksonville, which doesn't have a lot of fans, they let him have it. They uh, issued oh, a yeah. chant that I will not say, and Cleveland is going to expect that. I guess it's going to be pretty ugly for him all season long. He's going to have to get used to that. And he issues a one question, answer to one reporter in a hallway Friday apologizing finally, but not really taking responsibility in a way. I don't know if that was enough to satisfy a lot of
0: people. Wait, what do you mean? What?
1: He gave a statement. They, supposedly, Cleveland had it worked out where one reporter was allowed to ask him one question oh. about it, and he issued an apology if he affected any women. He didn't mean to, but he never really. No, took he, responsibility. what he said
0: is what he's. I, I apologize to the women that have been that I have impacted in this impacted. situation. Is what he said, right?
1: Some people were upset that he wasn't allowed to answer questions from other beat writers or anybody in the NFL or Cleveland market, more specifically. But it's probably a smart move on mm-hmm. Cleveland's part. You're not going to have him put, a, you're not going to throw him out there to people just to demoralize him before a game. So you want to have him answer it, <laughs> say something about it, and you know they're hoping that maybe the vultures will go away. They're not, but I think it was a smart they're move never going, on their yeah. part. Uh, even though the fans were livid a little bit in Jacksonville, it's going to be like that all year. It was good for them to see him get a little bit of the rust shaken off. Another thing that stands out Dallas Cowboys.
0: Although it was good to see him get the rust shaken off?
1: Well, because I mean, he hasn't played in two years almost. So, I mean, they, that's what they that's I don't why want, they
0: see want to see him. I, I want to see him as rusty as possible. I don't well, want to see him play well. Well, By the way, the Jacksonville, the, the stadium is only about half filled. Imagine yeah. when they go to Pittsburgh and Baltimore Oh yeah, and it's, uh, and it's full all the way. But uh, yeah, he did look rusty uh, from all reports, and um, I'm not rooting for the rust to come off <laughs> over here. Well,
1: uh, for Cleveland's perspective, I think that's why they played him to hopefully shake that off on their on their end. But yeah, I, I'm not right. wishing because him success. Who knows at when all. he's
0: going to play again? Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows when he's going to play again? Right?
1: Right. Uh, The Dallas Cowboys, and I saw this after the first quarter on Saturday, they had four penalties on pace for 16. Well, you know, that's kind of ridiculous. They ended up with 17 penalties, and people like Stephen A. Smith are totally enjoying that, that they struggled. Mm -hmm. And again, we're going to say with almost any game that we talk about right now in August, it was the preseason. But it doesn't matter who's playing. You can't commit those kind of penalties. Uh, that is something they're going to have to address, but maybe they'll be better off because I know there's a player volunteering to join the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Antonio Brown let it known, you know, to the media. Have Jerry Jones call me. I don't think Jerry Jones <laughs> is going to call him, but I thought that was interesting, especially for a guy who didn't he retire about a month ago, and now yeah. he's telling the Dallas Cowboys to call him. Uh, again, in a to lot call of call
0: him not. It's like you know what? No, no you you call jerry jones right. don't i'll oh, have jerry jones give me a call give me a break i know
1: it was just funny with just some just of the, the statement was crazy. antonio
0: brown just stay away
1: yeah i don't think anybody's uh, gonna beat down his door to try to get him uh on their team uh not a whole other lot stood out i mean the oakland Ra uh, las vegas well, th- raiders if you're happy they're two and zero. but again
0: well las vegas raiders looked really good again i mean i know it's preseason, but You're not looking at, oh, this is the third stringers against the other third stringers. But you know what? Part of it is, but there are starters playing in these games. And if you're looking for execution, you're looking to, you know, guys uh, to, you know, run the plays correctly. You're looking at their technique. And the the, uh, Las Vegas Raiders are looking like a, like, again, I'll say it, I said it last week, I'll say it this week. They're looking like a well-oiled machine, that offensive line. There's an article at uh, ESPN.com about the coach is very happy with the offensive line. Um, Kenny Pickett for the Pittsburgh Steelers looked like the best quarterback on the field. 13 of 15, 95 yards, two touchdowns. Um, Kenny Pickett, this is his first game ever as a pro. So I don't evaluate in this first game, oh, well, he's playing, you know, not the starters or anything else. You want to see what this guy looks like. You want to see the guy running the offense. And I found it interesting that he'd never been to a Pittsburgh Steelers game. His first Steelers game is one that he's playing That's in. It's
1: crazy. Isn't and
0: it? uh, and you know he's a hometown guy, but Kenny Pickett looked pretty pretty good.
1: All three quarterbacks had over 100 rating for Pittsburgh, and the Pittsburgh radio station ran a poll for the fans. Who do you want to see as a starter for game one in yeah. September? <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky, 67%. Kenny Pickett, 33%. Wow. Mason Rudolph, zero.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: That was surprising yeah. a little bit. I, the,
0: well, that Mason Rudolph is zero?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Because he's had his chance. He had his chance, and he mm-hmm. hasn't really done anything with it, right? Yeah. Right, and it, and you know they've they've already seen Mason Rudolph. Mitchell Trubisky looked good, you know. Trubisky looked good for the Steelers. So, and I think that the Steelers fans they're very well educated fans, so they know that hey, you know what, Kenny Pickett looks good. He can sit, uh, but we want the best guy. You know, the guy that gives the the guy that gives you the best chance to win. At least right now, appears to be Mitchell Trubisky. And uh, I know that sounds funny, doesn't it? Doesn't that sound like a funny statement to say? But it is. But, um, you know, if Chubisky can be the guy for now and Kenny Pickett just kind of keeps learning and getting used to the speed and getting used to being a professional, I don't know. We'll, We'll see what happens. This is, again, a small sample size, but it was encouraging to see Pickett do that well.
1: Anything, everything I've read and heard from Pittsburgh in the last couple of days, even more so than the last week or two, is that Trubisky's looking really, really good. I know you've mentioned it once or twice, at least, that he learned a lot at Buffalo under Josh Allen, and it's showing a lot. And I guess we shouldn't judge anybody over the Ch- Chicago Bears' career that they've had in the last five or six years, so uh-huh. we won't. And right, that... and I
0: haven't, but I haven't, right because, right, because you know, again, there are a lot of there were a f- quite a few teams that were going after Mitchell Trubisky and uh, not just the pittsburgh steelers so you know if you're a steelers fan you're getting ribbed all the time by your friends and stuff mitchell trubisky wah well let's just sit back and watch
1: yeah i I actually wish him well because i think again with the bears it wasn't all his fault they just had a lousy team apparently lousy play calling a bad offensive line so you can't put it all on him and the other things I'm hearing out of Pittsburgh is kind of what you just said a few minutes ago as well, that they have no problem being very patient with Kenny Pickett. They think he's that good, but there's no reason to rush him, especially with the way Trubisky has shown early on. So maybe things are going to look okay for Pittsburgh this year. Maybe they still can contend for a playoff. But I wasn't sure about that before. But if Trubisky is just good, doesn't have to be great, just good, like they were saying and what he showed at least last week, uh, maybe they do have a chance. So that's good for Pittsburgh, definitely.
0: It- yeah, I mean, if you can, if you can, if you can be Neil O'Donnell, that's all you need. Mm-hmm. You can be Neil O'Donnell, and uh, you know Neil O'Donnell got him to a Super Bowl. That's
1: right. I forgot about that. So I, again, I, I haven't heard. Th- have you heard anything about what the starters are going to play? Like, is it going to be like week three in the past for when starters are going to play? And I have haven't. I,
0: different- I haven't really been paying attention, but I don't need to see Aaron Rodgers play to know that he's good or anything. There were starters playing. It's not like these guys are. The starters aren't playing. In the preseason football game, starting quarterbacks for the most part are not playing. That's right. why Jacoby Brissett uh, didn't play, but um, there's other guys like in Pittsburgh where one of these guys who are going to play is going to be a starter. They just don't know who. Marcus right. Mariota is going to be the starter, and he played. There's a, there's some, but you know, as far as linemen and you know, they're working different. Um, you know, some places they're you know people are trying to win jobs, so they're playing
2: everybody.
1: Yeah, and I guess that's what the preseason's for. I think also when you have, like, new coaches, they're really going to maybe play the starters maybe a little bit more just to see what they have. In some cases, well, I guess. Well, Miami, they did it.
0: Well, they got to get a, they got to run new offenses. they got to use new terminology and all of that. Right. Uh, you know, all of the new coaches, and there's like eight every year.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably the average pretty much these days. So hmm. I, I would think maybe Miami would do that a little bit more against the Raiders on Saturday when they play them. But we'll find out as we have a, uh, a guest from the Cider at the bottom of the hour talking about Tua and everything going on in Miami. But it was, good, it was good to see a whole bunch of games as opposed to just a Hall of Fame game the week before. And we've got it this week starting Thursday through Monday. In fact, next Monday, is uh, the Marcus Mariota will be on national TV for the Monday night game of the week. And I think that uh, might be against the Jets. i got to check who they're – it is against the Jets. So a week from today, that's the only game on Monday night football. So Marcus will probably have a field day. Although okay, the Jets so, defense is better.
0: Although, okay, so um... – now that Zach Wilson is out two to four weeks, he's getting scoped, I guess, in, in uh, L.A. today. Yeah, But now that he's out for two to four weeks, do you not start Joe Flacco? Joe Flacco, you sit him now.
1: For the preseason, yeah, you almost have to now. I mean, you don't mind getting them work on Saturday, and especially when Dak Wilson went out early in that game, it made sense. But I don't, I don't, I think you'll see a lot more of Mike White, I guess, as the other quarterback there. And I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe pick up somebody else just to play in the preseason. I, I don't think you play Flacco at all, actually. You already know what you have. Same coaching staff. So you don't have to worry about that. Uh, so maybe you go with Mike White. Although they do have another quarterback that I've never heard of until this weekend, Chris Streveler. Uh, never heard of him. He's out of South Dakota, maybe that's why, but he's on their roster as well, and he played a little bit uh, against Philadelphia over the weekend.
0: Well, Mike White had some uh, success last year. He became a yeah. fan favorite.
1: He did. That Thursday night game against Indianapolis, I believe, he was he was great. They lost a game at the end, but he had a good, nice comeback in him. He was 10 of 20 on Saturday. Uh, I'm excited about that team actually being improved at least. I'm not going to say the Jets are going to be in the playoffs, but I think they're much improved, especially on defense, which is its almost hard not to be better on defense when they were 32nd in the league last year. Mm. But with Zach Wilson, yeah, we'll see if it's going to be two weeks or four weeks. I guess that was a better scenario of maybe eight to ten weeks, but they're still going to see more. You said I think tomorrow he's getting a, another MRI in L.A. or getting scoped and maybe find mm. out a little bit more. But I'm, I'm glad Flacco's there now. You know he, He's been there and done that. He's not the same quarterback as that Super Bowl guy, but he's still a veteran. I'd rather have somebody like him than Mike White right now.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, coming up, uh, you mentioned you went to UH practice, huh? We'll talk yes. about that coming up on ESPN Honolulu. Mitchell Trubisky, MVP. Thank you very much. Just watching a little video here. Hey, it's the Animals on ESPN Honolulu. The uh, Kevin Nogle from the uh, website, the Finnsider, that's a website, question yes. mark? Okay, he's yes. going to join us in about uh, 10 minutes here on ESPN Honolulu on this National Relaxation Day. And uh, Gary went to uh, football practice, so what did you see?
1: I saw a lot, and it was really good to be there. kind of cool you get there, and there's a nice little rainbow back in the Valley. And when the practice ended, I went right before the overtime period, but it was another rainbow, so that was kind of fitting in a way. It was, I mean, to me it was kind of obvious that Braden Shager is the number one guy getting a little bit more reps. I Really? really? Couldn't tell, yeah. I, I mean, really? That's, that's a it, surprise. That, you're calling it. Well, I, I, yeah. I, I don't okay. think you could really tell from Saturday who the number two guy was. I, I Actually, three quarterbacks looked good. Joey Yellen looked okay, but I thought um, Camp Cooper actually looked pretty good. They, what they did, it wasn't just a scrimmage at 4.30. They were just going through different drills, seven on sevens, and even 11 against 11 for a while. Then they went through individual drills by by um, units, and then they had the actual 54-play scrimmage starting at about 5.45 or 6 o'clock or something yeah, like Jeremy that. Jeremy
0: Yellen didn't, uh, not Jeremy Yellen, what's the, the – Joey, Joey. Joey Yellen didn't play?
1: You know, he played. He played. He looked okay, but I, I, I thought at first that maybe he would Shager would be the top two guys. You couldn't tell if there see was I don't know that you.
0: But I don't know that you can make that because when I at our practice we went to, it was Yellen who was getting the majority of the snaps. I don't know that you can make that statement yet. I mean, he, maybe he is the front runner because he has the most experience. But I mean, you're. I don't you. You really think that for sure he's going to be the starting quarterback from watching one practice? No. Oh, no. Oh, I said okay. from
1: Saturday's practice, it was evident that he was the guy, at least on Saturday, whether that's going to be the case against Vanderbilt. I don't know. OK, but that's what the I guy. want.
0: That's what I, I wanted okay. to make sure. OK, so and, when you and, say, OK, so and so look good. What are you talking about? I they look he, good. They, they, their hair he, was combed nicely. What, oh, how did they look? Really red?
1: nice. Uniform tucked <laughs> in. He had some really crisp passes. He made good decisions going through his read. I don't know how many incompletions he had, but it wasn't many. There weren't many drop balls. In fact, the only negative, maybe, to me on Saturday, James Phillips had quite a few drops as a receiver. I, I counted at four. And, again, one practice. As a running back, he looked okay. They did a couple of end-arounds with him, and he looked good, but he had quite a few drops. But Chager looked really good decision-making. It looked like, again, from Saturday, his favorite target, Jordan Murray and we've heard so much about him i know tanners talked about him i've read about him the mountain west wire is raving about him the transfer tight end from missouri state that guy's got great hands he's big they had a couple of situations where they were going for two point conversions or down in the right in the red zone and you could see shager looking for murray one time just just out jumped the defender back, defensive back and had great hands managed to stay in the end zone he looked really good I also saw him lining up at the slot position several times as opposed to the tight end position. This guy is strong, got great feet, looks like he has some speed. I was really impressed with him. I I thought that Jonah Pinocchi looked very good as well uh, next to Jordan Murray. I thought he was a really good receiver. One guy who stood out to me, and I admit, I didn't even know this guy was on the team last year. Number 81, Gray Eku. He played at Pack 5 then went to a JC. He caught, I believe, number 81, every pass thrown to him on Saturday. Had a nice touchdown, uh, probably about a 30 yarder or so. I was really impressed with him. Cut, had some great catches over the middle. Uh, Got some separation. I I really liked him. And, again, if Saturday was just an indicator, this guy's going to play a lot during the season. Again, I know it's just that one scrimmage that I saw, but he was very impressive. Another player who was very impressive as well, who I didn't know was on the team last year, had one carry against New Mexico State, running back number 22, Najee Bryant-Lele. Again, one carry last year. He had a 46-yard run on Saturday, and it seemed like he broke into the backfield every time he got the ball. I mean, every time I saw him get the ball, he was getting positive yardage. He was never knocked down around the line of scrimmage. And these were in full pads, and they were going out. The defense was really going after, except for the quarterback, they were going after everybody. I was really impressed with him. And I I, I know Dietrich Parsons is the guy, but I was very impressed with Bryant lately. So maybe that's a name to remember for this year. Again, got a lot of reps on Saturday. Those two guys really stood out to me a lot on defense. Another name I've heard a lot about, and I know Tanner has mentioned him several times, Verdell Edwards II, had a pick six. It wasn't just a great catch that he made. He outran everybody for the for the touchdown. It wasn't like he had an open field ahead of him. Really impressed with him on defense. This guy's got size. He's got strength. I, I really liked him the entire scrimmage as well. They did attempt an onside kick with Kyler Halverson, and it worked. Really good play. I couldn't tell who saved it on the other side, but that was successful. They spent a lot of times on punts. And Matthew Shipley, I wouldn't call him the punt god yet, like Matt Arizo had an 82-yarder on Saturday, but his hang time looked fantastic. He was comp- And they must have had about a good 20 punts for Shipley and Ben Falk, who had a couple of really good punts, but a couple of punts that were just average. But I was surprised in a way that they spent that much time. Uh, on, I'd say, again, each guy got about 20 each. Uh, other players that might have stood out, Ronson Young, the running back, number 43. He had a very nice touchdown run. I believe that was in the overtime. Dior Scott looked really good as well. So, I mean, if, from what I saw on Saturday with that scrimmage, it's like Pinocchio, Jordan Murray, Dior Scott are going to be your main receivers. Again, great Ehu maybe could be in that mix And what I saw on Saturday. He looked really, really I, I, again, he, they, he got Not so many Zion, reps.
0: But Zion, but Zion Bowens was
1: was actually pretty good. He showed his speed on the outside a lot. But he who probably had, I, I, again, as many if or more catches than anybody else on Saturday. he was And Pinocchio had a 38-yard catch for a touchdown from Jake Farrell, who didn't get as many reps. But when I saw him, he looked good. Now, in, in fairness, I guess, Pinocchio was wide open wide open. Somebody had a missed coverage on him, but he ran a nice catch and, you know, easily ran the last 10 yards into the end zone. Uh, but i got I'm very impressed with what I saw. Not many drop passes. And one, one of the things they were working on in punts, and we had uh, Coach Sheffield on our trail three, four weeks ago, they just wanted to catch punts. And I think that was part of the drill with Shipley and Falk was making sure whoever was back for the punts was making the catches. And I saw Ty Hines. A player I've heard a lot about, number 24, catch a few of those punts. I didn't see any drop punts. And, again, it's in a scrimmage like that, but they did spend a lot of time on that. Some of the drills were just wrapping up, tackling fundamentals, and you could see the guys really going at it hard. The defensive players really seemed to be really energetic and going at everything full speed. It was nice to see. It was really good to see everything. I know Timmy Chang said after the scrimmage he was very satisfied with what he saw. But again, those two names how, I'm really curious so how did about.
0: The, how did the how did the defensive line look? I mean, what we need is a pass rush. I mean, I know we've got an experienced offensive line, but in this uh, scrimmage situation, what did you see on the defensive line?
1: Not a whole lot. One guy I'm going to get his name here, who I thought actually did okay, and maybe he had a speed advantage and made it a little bit uh, more effective when he was on there, is uh, Mateo Soli. Uh, he is the transfer from Arkansas. And I read about this guy. He got around to the quarterback more than anybody else. I mean, he was on the—he was like an edge rusher. And he did a really good job. There was about three or four times he got into the backfield rather quick. He wow. was about the only one getting into the backfield. And, again, you're not going to go after the quarterback too hard. So I'm not sure if Ta'ala and some of the other guys were. I don't think they were letting up. But I did think, see a lot from Soli. He was the only D lineman to me who stood out on Saturday. So a lot of Pene Pavehi. I thought he looked pretty good, business as usual for him, but solely was the defensive lineman who really stood out to be getting into the backfield and turning that corner rather quickly. All right. But it was good to see, and, again, everything moved really crisp. They went in basically five-minute sessions and they had about right. 20-something of them. But, I mean, everybody's really quick to do it. They had music in the background. Everybody was kind of getting into it. But it wasn't like, you know, just a casual walkthrough, nothing like that. These guys are going hard, and it was oh, really yeah. good to see. And, I, again, the two guys I saw, I'm just i I'm hopeful that what I saw wasn't just for Saturday's practice, that they can contribute this season. But those guys, again, great, IHU number 81 and number 22, Najee Bryant-Laylee, looked really, really good. Maybe the two most impressive guys on offense overall again the quarterbacks all look good and they were facing just a little bit of pressure but all of them looked like they were completing a high amount again james phillips to be the only negative as far as catching passes but he ran the ball pretty effectively
0: right all right and uh how many days till how many days wait a minute wait a minute don't tell me don't tell me okay let me find the hawaii usa uh federal credit union countdown to kick off 12 days nine hours 58 minutes and 53 seconds Till we kick off against uh, Vanderbilt, can't wait for that. Uh, we got a Miami Dolphins guest coming up next here on ESPN Honolulu.
3: Happy Monday.
0: Hey, remember we got Call the Coach with Timmy Chang coming up Wednesday at Ruby Tuesday in the Moanalua Shopping Center. You can call or text your questions to Coach Chang. I'm sure the entire Chang gang will be there. John Veneri as well. It's brought to you by Ruby Tuesday, Hawaii, IBEW, Local 1186, Hawaiian Financial, Federal Credit Union, Hawaii Pacific Health and Paxa. Of
1: course, a lot of interest here with the Miami Dolphins as, well, as long as Tua Tagovailoa is their quarterback. We're going to find out more as we are joined here on ESPN Honolulu. Covers the Dolphins for thefinnsider.com. Kevin Nogle with us for the first time. Kevin, thanks for joining us. And Chris and I last week spent a lot of time talking about Tua and the press conferences and some of the comments or questions issued his way and how he's handled it. How do you think he has handled the media so far this preseason?
4: thanks for having me, and yeah, I think he has absolutely looked like he has grown into himself, his confidence, not that coming out of Alabama he wasn't confident, but he looks more like an NFL quarterback standing up there, taking the questions, providing the answers, he does a very good job of the, it's not necessarily the typical quarterback speak, like, I'm not going to say anything, but he does a good job of taking it and kind of directing the question back to what he wants to talk about. So I think he absolutely looks comfortable and looks like an NFL quarterback.
1: That's good to hear actually. Cause we weren't sure about that. What about the fans in Miami? How have they viewed Tua? again? We know we didn't play on Saturday, but how he has handled the Tom Brady talk and everything else that has gone on this off season.
4: It's funny because the fan base is still split. Um, I think there are more that support him and think that he's going to be a good quarterback than think that he's a bust and that the Dolphins need to move on already. But there's definitely a vocal minority or a vocal section that believes that he's still struggling and that he was a waste of a pick. And I think part of that is when you look at somebody like Justin Herbert, who the Dolphins could have picked going out there and immediately looking like a star quarterback, you immediately have buyer's remote remorse. But I think that. He absolutely um, has support. And then I think that when it comes to the Brady thing, from my view of it, it's a you you try. You take your shot. Tom Brady is up there as a future Hall of Famer. You take your shot if you have it. Um, I I don't think that there are many fans that are upset by the idea of trying to get Brady other than it's going to be really hard to – if if it ever happens, let me let me rephrase that. I didn't mean it as if it's going to be, but if it would ever happen, it would be really hard to see him in Aqua after so many years of hating him in New England. Another new offensive
1: coordinator, new coaching staff from Miami. I, I'm not sure if it's too soon to tell, but how has Tua looked in camp so far?
4: Comfortable. Um, I think they're still obviously installing things, and there's still stuff we haven't seen. There's still obviously... Like you said, he didn't play this past Saturday, but the 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 offense is very vanilla still of what we're seeing. But that said, he definitely looks like this is his offense now. Um, they, they definitely are playing more to his type of strengths. They're getting the ball out of his hands. When he does look deep, he has the arm strength that people try to say, oh, he doesn't have after years of – Quick little throws, but we're seeing him go deep to Jalen Waddle. We're seeing him go deep to Tyreek Hill. So it's there. Um, Somebody who's going to look really good in this offense is Cedric Wilson. Because you have Waddle and Hill out there taking the top off the defense, Wilson's going to work underneath and out of the slot and look really good. Um, A lot more play action, I think. A lot more of letting Tua use some of that athleticism on bootlegs and stuff like that. So I think you're going to see him open up the offense a lot more than what we've seen in the past.
1: We're talking Miami Dolphins football with Kevin Nogle from the Finsider. here with the Animals on the Bobby Current Show, ESPN, Honolulu. Do we know yet if Tua will play against the Raiders this Saturday?
4: Nothing yet. I, I would expect him to. I don't know that he'll be out there for long, but I would expect both Tua and uh, – Teddy Bridgewater to see some playing time. Uh, Bridgewater, I guess, his back tightened up during practice last week, so that's why they just went with the idea of we're just going to play Skyler Thompson the entire game. So I I would expect both of them to play. Um, My guess would be in the transition as the NFL is still trying to figure out this three-preseason game situation that we'll see – Game two, you'll see your starters a little bit more. Then Game three, you put them back in bubble wrap and stick them over on the sideline.
1: Did any, anybody else stand <laughs> <good> out? <laughs> anybody else stand out in the preseason game against Tampa over the weekend? Uh,
4: Thompson looked really good as a rookie seventh round quarterback to come in there. He looked really good. I don't know that it's a oh my god he's ready to surpass Teddy Bridgewater and be the backup, but he looked really good. Um, Lynn Bowden Jr. stood out. He he was wide open on the touchdown pass, like. As Skyler Thompson described it, it was a layup of a pass. He looked really good um, and and probably claimed his roster spot. Uh, Trill Williams has had a really good training camp and looked pretty good in the uh, preseason game, and now he's out for the year with a torn ACL, which will be a uh, big loss for the Dolphins because they're really weak at cornerback depth. Uh, Xavier Howard, and once he is cleared to return, Byron Jones – will be fine. Nick Needham as the nickel will be fine. But behind them, there's concerns. But I think that really it's Skylar Thompson and Lynn Bowden Jr. looked the best.
1: From what I understand, just reading a few things earlier this morning, are they bringing in several cornerbacks this week to try them out to see if they can maybe make the adjustment to get on the roster right now?
4: Yeah, I think they're looking. They're they're primarily looking from what I've seen um, from reports because it's – Not a uh, practice day in Miami, so it's kind of what reports are coming out. Um, They are starting to bring in some cornerbacks, primarily younger players, undrafted free agent type of guys, Uh, not necessarily the um, veteran guys, but I wouldn't be surprised if over the rest of the day we hear of more players that do come in, more players that get a shot because, yeah, the, the cornerback depth is probably the biggest concern right now.
1: One of the positions I find interesting is the running back position. You basically have five running backs on the roster right now that have all started either with Miami or with different teams. How do you see the depth chart playing out there and which guy might be the odd man out?
4: I think it's Salvin Ahmed. Um, He has special teams ability, so I think he could make the roster and push Miles Gaskin out, but I I, I think it's uh, Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert at the top. Uh, probably Edmonds as the starter, but I think they'll both see plenty of playing time. Uh, Sony Michelle and Miles Gaskin as the backups behind them. Um, you end up with Jared Doakes and Zaquandre White, who could be practice squad guys, and then Ahmed as that bubble player. If there happens to be roster spot, maybe you could stick a fifth one on there, but I feel like he's the odd man out right now.
1: The offensive line overall much improved from last year?
4: I hope so. Um, <laughs> uh, w- when you add a guy like uh, Taron Armstead, you definitely add strength to your left tackle position. But other than that, you're asking Connor Williams to move to center. He's had some struggles with snaps, especially shotgun snaps, but he's had some problems with snaps so far in training camp. Maybe that'll work out with more reps there, but you're asking Liam Eichenberg, uh, Robert Hunt, Austin Jackson – To take a step forward and these are young players who definitely still have the chance to take that step forward Uh, Austin Jackson looked good and limited playing time on Saturday so maybe they are ready to solidify the line but I also wouldn't be surprised if sometime soon we hear that the Dolphins are working out a center or looking to add somebody to try to challenge for one of those spots.
1: A lot of expectations. I know with Tua, a lot of people think there's a lot of pressure on him. We'll see how that plays out. Kevin, great having you on the show. Hope to do it again from time to time. Thanks for your time.
4: Absolutely. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Kevin Nogle from the Insider, joining us here on ESPN Honolulu. Again, Tua doesn't play on Saturday. We'll see about this Saturday as they host the Las Vegas Raiders.
0: That's not very comforting to hear about the offensive line.
1: Yeah, I know. Got to be better than last year, I would think, with Armstead there, but.
0: Right, that's one guy. (laughs) Leon Eichenberg, he was good in college. Was he? Where was he from? Alabama? I can't remember. But I mean, what's that? Notre Dame. Dame. Thank you, Notre Dame. I mean, he was one of the top offensive linemen coming out of the draft. Um, We'll see if uh, you know. And maybe if they're young, they can improve. You know, you take a big step from year number one to year number two, or year number two to year number three for these guys. But uh, man, I mean, if Tua's running for his life again.
1: hope that's not the case yeah
0: hopefully hopefully that's not the case uh all right hey coming up it's uh okay we told you about call the coach on wednesday now we got something uh, new happening again Uh, we're bringing you the big green rally it's saturday from 4 to 10 p.m at the varsity circle building across from pucks alley now the rainbow warriors and wahine are kicking off their athletic season so Come on down and meet all the student athletes and the coaches and the UH band and cheerleaders and rainbow dancers. We got food vendors, a live DJ, and a full bar. Admission is free. If you want more info, check out biggreenrally.com.
2: Cannibals
1: filling in for Bobby Kern, who we'll get an update on later on this week, hopefully in the next couple of days, see how he is doing. You are Free to text or call us at the Zephyr Insurance text line, 808 296 Uh, 8 o'clock hour today, we're going to have Benny Ogbayani, former Met great. And he's not that old, but he already got invited. I believe it's his first Old Timers Day. That is coming up in less than two weeks. In fact, the same day, Hawaii playing Vanderbilt in football. So we'll catch up with Benny a little bit later. And just get an overall uh, recap From the first preseason, full weekend of NFL game, Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News will be joining us. One of the things I want to talk to Vinny about, he has a Sporting News ranking by position of the top players. I would have thought a guy like Debo Samuel would be higher, maybe the number five overall in the wide receiver list. Tyreek Hill, number seven on his list there's a lot of good receivers there but I I thought that was interesting to see so we'll catch up with him on that and there's no wrong answer there of course uh there are a lot of great receivers but Debo Samuel we know fantasy wise he's as good as it gets uh but you got guys like Justin Jefferson Jamar Chase and Devontae Adams as well as Cooper Cup, ahead of him. So we'll talk to Vinny about some of his rankings and his reaction the first week of NFL action as well, at least for the preseason coming up. It was just great to have football back. Even though it was preseason, I know we keep saying it, it was just great to have everybody playing and at least get people's hopes up a little bit. Everybody's even right now. I know it won't remain that long for teams like the Jets and some others, but uh, I'm, I'm glad that football is back and a lot of, uh, a lot of hope at least in august for some of us it gets erased in september and i'm used mm-hmm. to that almost every year i'm just hoping for improvement with my team but i was again with chris's team the steelers i think they've got a bright future than i maybe thought with the quarterback
0: play over the weekend all right over the weekend of course high school football the buff and blue the sons of oahu big win over the menez 35 to nothing how about those put a whole buff in blue
1: yeah, they look good so far. Remember, Mauna Lua moved up to the Open division this year. And yeah. I, th- I think it's going to be tough for them. I know they were really good on the D1 level. I know Farrington moved down, who didn't win a game last year in the Open. Uh, it's going to be tough for Mauna Lua. I know they got a good team, but you're going up against some of those quality teams like we saw, and they'll have more coming up. I know this game doesn't count in the op- overall standing, uh, but it's great to have a full slate of high school football. Yeah, Poonhole looked really, really good.
0: Also nationally ranked, Mission Viejo takes down Mililani. I'm reading headlines from our website. Uh, 34 to 21. Hey, uh, you know, it was uh, it wasn't a blowout or anything. I think Mililani kind of held their own. Just looking at the paper here.
1: Yeah, I mean to play a team like that and be that close, you can't be you know too upset. I'm sure Rod York most likely would rather have to win more than anything else. But against a quality team like that, as you said, not a bad performance at all. Hung tough for them at least.
0: All right, there's other uh, non-league matchups. Uh, Iolani beat Radford. Um, so I can't remember. These non-league games count for who and don't count for who? I don't think any
1: of the games this weekend count at all in the overall standings as far as qualifying for playoffs, which is kind of weird to me still because Moana as I said, they're in the open division. They played Punahou. They're in the open division. But – I, it's just so confusing how this always works every year. We know that the OIA doesn't count these games when they play the ILH school, School, uh, but it's still a little confusing. But I believe everything over the weekend does not count as far as playoff possibilities.
0: All right, for stories and photo galleries, check out ESPNHonolulu.com. We'll be right back with our top stories and by yourself. Coming up on ESPN Honolulu. By Cell coming up in a moment. Top headlines today. All of the NFL teams played over the weekend in the uh, preseason, and Marcus Mariota off to a pretty good start for the Falcons. So far,
1: he had a good performance, got a touchdown run. That was great to see. It's great to see him healthy, great to see him running and starting an NFL game again.
0: All right, and uh, Rainbow Wahine's soccer team played to a 1-1 exhibition tie against Northern Arizona on the mainland.
1: I was kind of surprised that they would have an exhibition game, because that was announced, I think, kind of late, but now they have the regular season starting this week, and uh, now it all counts.
0: All right. Go, Coach Bud. And uh, finally, the Honolulu Little League is in the Little League World Series, and that starts on Wednesday. Your exclusive home uh, is on uh, CBS 1500. You can catch Honolulu in the Little League World Series Um, You know, in this tournament, CBS 1500, the place to catch it.
1: How about this? This is the seventh Hawaii team to go to the Little League World Series since 2005. Seven times in 17 years. I wonder if any other state could say that. That's amazing.
0: Well, California, maybe, I would think. Maybe.
1: (laughs) Well, we knocked them out almost every time, though, it seems like. Right, right. But
0: you're talking about making it, though. I would think California probably has a lot, Right.
1: They might, I don't think, I, they could, they could, but seven, and, that's just a great accomplishment, especially for a state this Uh Congratulations. Sure. I hope they can do it again.
0: Way to go. All right. Uh, it's that time, Tanner. The Bobby Curran Show presents Buy or Sell. Awkward silence? <laughs> yeah.
3: I want to buy or sell. All righty. Uh, sorry for that awkward silence, but we got you guys fixed up here now. So let's go ahead All and right. jump straight into buy or sell today. Buy, now, buy, buy. <laughs> now okay, go to ahead. the end no, last week, I was talking about Carson Wentz and narratives Why? around that quarterback. <laughs> and now it feels like team president Jason Wright has an issue with the media and the narrative they're pushing against their quarterback, yes, A president is not liking the media's narrative. How many times have we heard that about Washington recently? Him saying, I think we've done enough work over the last two years on building a healthy culture within the organization, an honest way of working with you all, the media, that we can take plenty of criticism, but it needs to be done respectfully. By yourself, it's fine to defend your guys, but you can't remove the very recent history of your franchise and your new starting quarterback.
1: I'm going to buy Chris's question first about why, but I'll also sell That's this cool. part from Tanner. You know, the Washington Commanders are basically the team that kind of it's almost it has a lot in common with Deshaun Watson. Nobody wants to hear about him. All the news you do hear is pretty ugly. And it's on the non-football side. So you know what? Comes with the territory. Smarter the president to say stuff like that to try to defer. But no, it's it, their stigma has not, gone away, has not gone away and won't anytime soon.
0: Yeah, you deserve to be punished in the court of public opinion at least. So I am uh, selling or buying. I'm selling. I'm, I'm selling. Buying. 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 I'm agreeing with Gary. Buy, 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 buy or sell? Sell, sell, sell.
3: And hey you mentioned deshaun watson the deshaun watson did start cleveland browns on friday going what one for three for five yards or something like that and the jacksonville jaguars fans were very adamant having their chance that you definitely cannot say over radio and joel betonio starting guard for the browns said hey it's cleveland against the world now more than ever by yourself it's not close the Cleveland Browns will be the most hated NFL franchise this season.
0: I, I'm gonna. I'll buy them. I don't know. I'm. Gonna, I'm gonna. Can you can you blame a guy like Joel Bitonio? Are the fans booing him? I don't. I don't know if it's the the, the, the most. Hate. I think Deshaun Watson is hated. I don't think the team is hated. So I'm gonna sell that.
1: I'm gonna buy I think it's guilty by association. He's on the Browns. And they rep- he represents them, and I think it's going to come with the territory. Their first the, ne- the next two exhibition games, thankfully for them, are at home because they went to Philadelphia and had to face the Eagles fans, but they're playing them at home this week. And then the Bears, I don't know about Carolina fans, but I have a feeling all the road games is going to hear it and uh, pretty going to get pretty ugly from what we saw in Jacksonville. It'll just get worse.
0: I think they're going to hear some in, in their home games too. Could be. Right, right. Probably will. Buy, 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 buy or sell
3: sell 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 and finally trey lance had a great start for the 49ers this weekend with capping off his final drive with a really great long touchdown kind of going against the doubts over the summer whether or not he was the starting quarterback for the san francisco 49ers buy or sell the 49ers and the la rams will be the two best teams in the nfc
1: NFC, I am waiting for you to say West. I'm going to sell that. I, I think one of them will, and I think the Rams could be one of the top two. I'm not writing off Green Bay. I'm not writing off Tampa Bay. Uh, those might be the only two that could be better, but yeah, I'm not, I don't think the San Francisco 49ers necessarily. Trey Lance has to prove it over a 16-17 game season to me, so I'm selling
0: that. It's, it's always hard to do that, but I'm saying the Atlanta Falcons. Marcus Mariota, number one. Come on you of know course. what i i could see i could you know what right now they haven't played a game but i could see how at least on paper with that performance from trey lance that those two are the two best teams in the nfc so i'm gonna buy for now buy, 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 buy. or sell?
5: Sell, sell, sell
3: that's today's buyer sell on espn honolulu
0: You can also talk about Tampa Bay a little bit, maybe the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I think the Cowboys
1: are going to have a good regular season record. I don't know about the playoff. They're in a – I don't want to say easy division, but maybe the – well, secondies. I'm not sure about the NFC North either after Green Bay. Uh, but they, they should be able to go 6-0 and in their division. I don't know if they will. But they still have everybody healthy now, and they should be really good. But I don't know the playoffs. I'm still not – I will never count out Tom Brady as long as he is playing unless he really shows his age, which he has not done yet. So yeah. I, I would put them up there. I think Green Bay is going to be a team to watch without some of their players and their coaches uh, but right now, you still got Aaron Rodgers, so I think they'll be good. I don't know if they'll be what top about, two yet.
0: What, what about New Orleans with that defense they have? If Jameis Winston has a good season, I could see New Orleans going maybe even deep into the playoffs because that's really all
1: they're missing. Well, one, one thing I wonder about with New Orleans, they don't have Sean Payton. you got uh, um, Dennis Allen yep. there as the head coach. Right. I know he's had coaching experience. I, I just don't know if he's going to be as good an innovator as Sean Payton was, at least offensively. And I'm still not sold on Jameis Winston, as you know. But they yeah. could be. They could be I, that I, team, I, though. You're right.
0: Right. I'm saying if Jameis Winston, if they can kind of turn it around, you know, or, and maybe, you know, change some things up to, to, uh, to use Jameis Winston's skills better, then I think that – I mean, it could be. Who knows? They I got mean, three receivers full- – Before, you had, um, you know, you had Sean Payton, and this is Sean Payton's offense. This is what he does. Maybe Dennis Allen. And Dennis Allen is a defensive guy, I believe. So, you know, whoever the – I don't know who's the quarterback coach and the offensive coordinator and all of that. But uh, I'm not going to count him out just because Sean Payton's gone. No, I just wonder about them. But one thing they have going for them, they have three
1: receivers on their team who didn't play with them last year. Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, and Chris Olave from Ohio State. That's a lot of talent right there. They're healthy. I mean, we know what Michael Thomas is. We know what Jarvis Landry has done. Chris Olave, I thought, was great at Ohio State. So they have the potential to be a deep playoff team. I I agree. I just don't see that yet, but they definitely have that on paper.
0: I was talking about Jarvis Landry last week, and I believe I got poo-pooed.
1: About Jarvis Landry?
0: Yeah, Jarvis Landry. I, mean, I saw a graphic that he's like the – he has the fourth most receptions of any receiver from 2014, going back to 2014 or something like that. I don't think and I've guy, that. Yeah, th- these guys are th- – those top three right there, that's really saying something. O- Olave <laughs> can really – he can fly. And they've got a fourth and fifth receiver that you, may, you might have seen. the. I'm not sure if you saw the game, but they have one guy, it looks like he's about – 6'4", really long. No one's ever heard of them, but they are loaded at the receiver position. They're going to have to cut guys that are, you know, and those guys will probably be picked up by other teams.
1: They have the potential. Again, when you have three, they they weren't that bad last year. They weren't that good. Of course, Winston was hurt. But when you add those three receivers who weren't there last year, yeah, you can see the potential there definitely for them. So they, they could be one of those teams that really, I don't want to say surprise. They'll surprise me if they do well, and I know the first cut is tomorrow. You only have to cut five players, though, and then next Tuesday five more, and then on September, I guess, 3rd, then you got to get it down to 53. But maybe next week we'll see some bigger names cut. I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of guys cut just because it's going down from 90 to 85 tomorrow.
0: Yeah, and um, yeah, that's uh, keep your eye on them. Keep your eye on the Saints.
1: Yeah, no, they, okay, they, those receivers are great. I love all three of them. I mean, how could you not? And I, again, I, I, I know I'm wrong here when I say this, but I thought Olave was better than Garrett Wilson, from what I remember seeing at Ohio State. Obviously, Garrett Wilson was one of the top receivers taken. The Jets got him, and I'm hoping he's better. But I thought Olave was fantastic. I know you just talked about his speed. I, I think he'll be a fine NFL receiver. And you throw Landry in there? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was great before he went to Cleveland and didn't do horrible there, but he was way better in Miami before that. So if he's got Winston healthy and Winston as good as he can be, yeah, they, they can be a very scary team. They, they could give Tampa Bay all they can handle for that division title.
0: You know, when you mention, you say Dennis Allen, you know, see if, we'll see if he's as good a coach as Sean Payton. You're like, Sean Payton, so you're not really high on him. You You know, they probably said that. Uh, when George Seifert took over for Bill Walsh. Well, Bill Walsh isn't there anymore. Uh, You know, they didn't say that. I mean, because they, you know, part of it is they just got the talent. They've got talent on that team.
1: They do, but, uh, and you use George Seifert, a great example, but how many other coaches have taken over for a head coach who's retired or whatever and not done that well? I, again, he might be a good coach, and I, I think he was an interesting coach Tomlin. for the Raiders. I what?
0: mean, you can go down the, line, the, the list. Mike Tomlin's a guy that took over and uh, brought the team a couple years later to a Super Bowl for Pittsburgh after Bill Cowher. The list goes on and on. So, and who knows? It's always a crapshoot, right? Yeah, yeah. You know why why can't the Lions ever get a good coach? <laughs> why can't the, you know, Washington ever get a really good coach? But uh it's not impossible. So and and like you said, he does have head coaching experience, coach for a couple of years for the Raiders. Yeah. That's hard enough to do anyway. <laughs> good point. Back then, it's it's different yeah. now, but, you know. Did get to see a little of Dan
1: Campbell for Hard knocks. I didn't watch the entire episode, but I I, I want to see it just for Dan Campbell. And uh, he, he, he lived up to the hype. I mean, we know that he was pretty entertaining last year. And I know you said it a few times. You're hoping that Detroit can do better. You think they could. I, I hope they do well as also. And, uh, yeah, he's a very fiery guy. And it, I didn't realize his whole career. I don't, I don't remember him being a tight end for the New York Giants. He played for them for like four years and went around the league for a while. And he just wanted to be a coach after he retired. And he asked Bill Parcells for a job. Bill Parcells had him as an interim for one meeting, then one game, then the whole season, and then it took off from there. And then Sean Payton called him and said, come here, I'll teach you everything. And he learned a lot under Sean Payton, so we'll see what he does. But definitely a f- fiery kind of guy, but I'm hoping Detroit does a little bit better. I think almost every team I watch on Hard Knocks, I, ho- I hope, does better. You become a little bit of a fan of theirs. I'm not a big well, fan of Jared Goff yet, but I like Dan Campbell.
0: Why aren't you a
1: fan of Jared Goff? When I, I, I when he got drafted number 2 overall, I didn't right. think he was worth it and I to, number 1 no. me, I don't I don't remember him doing anything exceptional for the Rams especially in that Super Bowl. Not that he was awful. He's not Geno Smith or Sam Darnold or any of my quarterbacks. Right. I just don't think he was as good as the hype or the draft pick.
0: Yeah, and that but that happens. That's not his fault. Yeah. You no, know, that's not his it, fault. It's so. not his I mean who was in that draft? Who who came out better than him?
1: I'd have to look. I don't even know right now. I just know he didn't seem to be – it wasn't like he, – he's not Matthew Stafford. Look what happens when they get Stafford. Big difference in their offense. I don't think it's all on him. I mean, I think a little bit of the pressure comes there just because he gets drafted so high and he was in a Super Bowl. But – um, all right. I and I hope he does well. That's, I hope he does do well for them. I'm not, like, against the guy or anything like that. I just haven't seen a lot from him in his NFL career yet.
0: Mm. All right. Our numbers is 808-296-1420. Uh, the Zephyr Insurance text line is open. The phones are open because football season is here. High school football, UH football, 12 days away. NFL preseason is underway.
1: We uh, got a text in that from the Zephyr Insurance text line. Don't sleep in the Minnesota Vikings uh that's, yep. i'm not sure if that's from scott robs or brooks bear but uh i'm not sleeping on them i think they could be good as well and they got a new coach and uh but they got
0: they got to get a defense or they got to get an offense no they got to get a defense they got to get a defense
1: and they're, and they're not in a very tough division because the bears and detroit i don't think are going to have too many wins this season so it's there for them in green bay you would think it's not going to be as good as they were even though they still could be really good i mean what they 13 and 3 the last two years in a row i believe uh, maybe 13-4 and four last year, I believe, because they had the 17th game. But Minnesota definitely had that potential. I, I Again, I know Kirk Cousins is good. I, I don't think he's a top-tier. I don't know if he's a top-two-tier quarterback, but he's good. And Dalvin Cook, it seems like, who is one of the yeah. best. I just think he always gets hurt.
0: Who? Dalvin Cook. No, but Kirk Cousins is a fine quarterback. He's fine. Their, their defense has been the problem. By the way, the 2016 uh, draft, Jared Goff picked number one overall. Carson Wentz was picked number two overall. Joey Bosa, then Joey Bosa, then Ezekiel Elliott, Jalen Ramsey, Ronnie Stanley, DeForest Buckner, Jack Conklin. Man, you go uh, after those two quarterbacks, you have one, two, three, four, five. You have six Pro Bowl players <laughs> after those two quarterbacks. And then uh, Chicago took Leonard Floyd. Whatever happened to Leonard Floyd out of Georgia? Then Eli Apple. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the next quarterback taken, uh, the third quarterback taken overall, also in the first round, was, um, was it in the first round? Yeah. Paxton Lynch. So it just wow. goes to show you it was a bad, it was a bad year for our quarterbacks. Coming up on ESPN Honolulu, what's coming up, GD?
1: Well, we're going to have Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. And we'll find out about his ranking. Somebody texted, and you got to have Mike Evans in the top five. He's a little down there as well, but again, there's so many great receivers, you can't really argue. But we'll get Vinny's take on why he put some players in the positions he did in his top 30 at each position for the NFL, and find out his thoughts on Deshaun Watson as well.
0: All right, it's coming up on ESPN Honolulu. All right, this is your home for Little League World Series. Honolulu is going at it. Well, not this is your home. Across the hallway, it's your home. CBS 1500 is the uh, place you can catch the uh, radio games for. Honolulu Little League going at it. 1 o'clock on Wednesday. Uh, Check it out. Very proud to bring you more Little League baseball. Uh, Little League is fun. Sometimes you hear people kind of analyze these Little League players like like they're in Major League Baseball. Tanner was talking to somebody who said, <laughs> who was analyzing their base running. I was like, really? They're 12. Stop. Enjoy the games. What's up with Coach, uh, is it Gerald Oda? Yes. Wow, he must be a good coach because this is the second time he's been there. Didn't we have another repeat coach before this too? Didn't he have a beach? Was he twice? I don't think so, but I, you might be right. I can't
1: remember totally on that. There's been um, so many teams going over the years. <laughs> it's hard to keep track, but maybe. But, that's again, still quite an accomplishment, I mean, especially for Coach Oda, I mean, to do this. And let's hope they can uh, go all the way. Yeah. It seems like when the Hawaii teams go, they either win it all or they go to, at the very least, the American championship. I mean, it's not like they get knocked out in the first round or two. I don't know if that's ever happened over this stretch. Which is even more know. incredible when you think about that. I don't know. I mean, it's I think, again, they're just it's fantastic what they've been able to accomplish. And uh, I'm trying to see if I have any. Th- they, they've advanced to the World Series in the past four years that it was held, too. I mentioned the seventh time since 2005. They won it in 2018 with Gerald What Loda. are you reading? I'm reading an article.
0: Give credit to the article.
1: Okay, right? it's from, it from the Star Advertiser okay. over the weekend. Uh, Central Maui lost a third-place game in 2019. The Honolulu team won the third-place game in 2021, of course, no tournament in 2020. But still, it seems like every year when they go, there's never a team that gets knocked out in the preliminary round, if that's what they call it. They're in the championship or Final Four at worst, which is even more incredible with the odds of so many players around the country and world. And our team do so well every time they're up there.
0: All right. Go Honolulu. Hey, does anyone know where they're from in Honolulu? I keep asking that. If anyone knows, uh, can text us in to the Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420. I can't remember. Are they from Kalihi? Are they from where? I think they're
1: called the Honolulu All-Stars. That's what I read. No, 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 no,
0: no, no. What, what? They're not from then call them Oahu. Where are they from? Are they in Kalihi? Are they in Salt Lake? Where are they from? That's what I'm, I, I'm trying to find out. Okay. Hey, got a text in here. It says, can you guys give a shout-out to the 14-year-old team that is in the Little League World Series American playoffs in Michigan? They won their first game yesterday and play the Southwest team today. They're called the West team. Mahalo. Well, thank you very much. And, uh, yeah, way to go. It's kind of a sad because traditionally – and maybe it's because of the big TV contract or because the um, NFL has been on is I mean, the uh, Little League World Series has been on ESPN. It's the Little League 12 to 13 or 11 to 12-year-olds. I can't remember what the age is. Those are the ones that all of America pays attention to. Yes. Nobody pays attention to the younger ones or, say, the 14 and under guys. And they're just as good. They, they pay attention to Little League. But not Cal Ripken, or Pony, or any of the other leagues. It's Babe only Ruth. Little League. It's only Little League. It's like saying you know, there's other leagues beside in football besides Pop Warner, but it's just that it's Little League is the biggest and probably the original youth baseball league. But um, you know, I wish I wish that some of these other guys, especially with all the television channels out there, that other people would pick this up, that, that pick these other teams up. I never understood
1: that either, and it's been like that for a really long time. For a while, when I was like a kid, I thought there only was the Little League World Series. But the
0: well, inter- when you were 100%. a kid, there probably was only. The- no, I'm not. I'm not making a, an age joke. When you were growing, like when I was growing up, we didn't have AYSO. I don't know how long AYSO was around, but when I was a little kid, you played football and baseball. That's all that was. I don't even know if they had bass. I'm sure they had basketball leagues, but there was no I nine or anything around when when we were kids. I heard about the
1: Pony League when I was—I don't know what age I was—and that's about it. But yeah, you're right. It's the Little League is basically gets way more of the exposure. I'm glad
0: people and it's because, like and you know, but it, but that's it's it's because of the marketing, right? It's because it's been on marketed on television right. for years and years and years.
1: And I know, like Rob Demello and everybody at KHO KH went to—they'll show highlights of every youth baseball team, and he writes about them and shows clips on Instagram as well. So they cover it really well. And, I know it's been written that some people think they're getting exploited, the Little League kids, for how ESPN covers them like they're major leaguers. That's a tough one. I mean, I can see both sides, but I think it's great. That they get this publicity, that they get hyped up like that. I don't know if it ruins anybody. I mean, we've had a whole bunch of Hawaii teams, as we mentioned over the years. I never heard any bad stories after the fact because they were focused on and shown on ESPN and their favorite athlete, their favorite nickname or song or meal or whatever. I think it's great that they get this kind of exposure. I think it's fantastic. I I love it. I don't look at it at all as a negative at all in any way.
0: And and, and we're you know we're in a, we're on a rock in the middle of the Pacific for a lot of these kids. It's the first time they've ever been to the mainland. Yeah, I think it's a it's a hardship though on some of them. And I think I was reading maybe it was in something in the Star Advertiser. Uh, you know, that it costs money. I mean, it costs money for these guys to go. They got a GoFundMe page. Yeah, the um, all of these youth teams. It's I, I was going to Walmart a couple of weeks ago, and and uh, the IAF football team was out there basically asking people for their change. It's tough, man, and I feel bad because you've heard stories. Over the years, and it's not just Hawaii parents; it's some of the mainland parents, their their employer won't let them off work so that they can go to the go to the games. I mean, I remember that one guy; he quit his he had to quit his job, so that he he could he had to quit his job so that he could go uh, to the game. It was kind of sad. I mean, then he got a, a you know, but right now it wouldn't be a problem because everybody's hiring. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: but you that know, is but, tough. But it, but it, it is it is tough. It's tough to get up, and you don't have much time. You don't have much time to get up there. And what
1: we hear, it's especially the stories here, a lot of these parents have been on the road in California for the last two weeks because they had the oh. West Regional. So it's not oh. like they just go up to – some maybe just go up to Williamsport from, let's say, today. But some of them have been on the road for the last couple of weeks. And imagine on short notice. I know what airfares are like on short notice. And right now, airfares even on long notice are pretty high. So, yeah, that's got to get really pricey. So it's good that I I read about the GoFundMe page as well, and they can get some help. I mean, if you're playing on the East Coast, you you can drive to Williamsport, even though it's a long drive from some areas. But from Hawaii, yeah, it's really expensive. I know the West Coast teams have to deal with that as well. And you think about people just picking up. How can you miss something like that if you're a parent? I mean, that is what you would call a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Of course, for Hawaii, it happens more than once-in-a-lifetime. But for some of these Pacific <laughs> players, it's only once. And how could you miss that? It must, might be one of the most important things your child ever gets in, involved with, I would think. I mean, that's yeah. a dream of a lifetime, I would imagine. I never even could think of that way. When I was in Little League, you just wanted to make the all-star team in our town. You never thought about advancing, 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 and with all these thousands of kids playing around the country, that Hawaii has a team that goes there seven times in 17 years. Uh, did you play amazing. Little
0: League Baseball?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Played. You played, it was a Little League, the Little yeah. League League? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, how, what, what age did you start?
1: I, I probably started. I think I played from 10, 11, and 12, probably, and I think it was at least two years of actual little league.
0: You started at 10?
1: I don't even. I think wow, it was 10 that's or 11. Wow, pretty
0: good. Did, so did you play?
1: Yeah, I was either starting catcher or center fielder. I was really skinny then.
0: Uh huh.
1: <laughs> Most of us were. I think you were probably too. And oh, sure. Uh, I mean, one time I had a chance at an ins- a home run. It was an inside the Parker, of course, and there was no way I was going to stop rounding third, and I was out by. I mean, a second or two, but that was my one big memory. That and getting a called strike three with the bases loaded in the ninth inning with a chance to tie the game up. It was a ball, by the way.
0: Yeah. See, I think I was nine. I played one year, and it's tough. And and, and it's tough for, like, young parents here to get your kids into sports because you have to take them to practice and pick them up. And it's tough because if you're, you know, I don't know, if you're, say, 30 years old, you're, you know, a lot of people, they, they can't get off from work. So their kids can't play sports. And I've seen so many times with little kids, um, you know, growing up, putting, and, and that was the case with our oldest son. You know, we didn't have a lot of time to bring him to, to um, play sports. But as you get older, you get more established in whatever you're doing, and you can, maybe your schedule's a little more flexible. But, you know, when you see parents put in a kid, at nine years old and they've never played baseball before, it's almost too late. You know, it's such a – it's a hard sport to play. I remember I – okay, so I played when I was nine, but I was a pretty athletic kid. And then my – I never got to play that much. I didn't you know, and I think that it was – and it was Little League, West Oahu Little League. Is West Oahu Little League still around? Are the, sure. are the Owls – in minors still around, we were the owls, we, and we always lost to the hawks. But anyway, <laughs> see, the T-ballers, the they were named after termites, after the uh, insects. So it was like the termites and stuff like that. Minor leaguers were named after birds, and the major leagues uh, were named after um, MLB teams. Okay. So I, I had one year, and I, I didn't play that much, and I think it would have been like today where it's like everyone has to play at least two innings or something. Yeah, because I was in the outfield, and I remember my coach in practice saying, "Stop picking your nose." And then uh, <laughs> I played. And my brother, the- my brother, my brother, my brother was a big guy, so my brother was on the team. And then he was, uh, he was like a, a first baseman. I remember, I think, but I didn't play much. I struck out all the time. I always struck out. And then I cried. And then I got beamed one time. And then my mom. And then I started to cry. Got beaned in the back. And then I started to cry. And then my mom came on the out on the out on the out on the diamond. That was a little embarrassing. You mentioned Just let
1: about, me cry by myself, Mom. <laughs> you mentioned about parents and tough maybe getting kids rides. I, I walked home several times, and I remember I'd get rides from a parent. And I I know an NFL player-to-be named Ron Heller. Rich Miano, I think, played with him with the Eagles. He was on my Little League team, and his father was going to give us a ride home. And He was very strict and very tough. And on the way to the game, he said, if you don't get at least one hit today, I'm not giving you a ride home. And in my last at-bat, I hit a grounder to deep short, and I'm thinking, if I don't beat this out – I have to walk home. I was out by a step. He thankfully gave me a ride because I was scared about walking a couple of miles home.
0: <laughs> I think he probably just said that. I'm, I'm oh, sure I he think he did, but he ride. was really uh,
1: mean and strict, and that's why maybe he had two sons in the NFL. So,
0: Wow. All right. and uh, Okay, so we were supposed to talk with Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News. He's a no-show. Is he coming up next?
1: Well, I haven't heard back from him. I hope to hear back from him, but we did call an attempt, and uh, he agreed on this time, so we'll see what's happening.
0: All right. Uh, wow. Let's talk some Major League Baseball. Good. Coming up, San Diego Padres star over the weekend, Fernando Tatis Jr. Suspended 80 games. We'll get into that more on ESPN Honolulu. Oh, I forgot to mention – ESPN Honolulu is bringing you the big green rally. It's a big pep rally with a full bar. How's that? Yeah, we're going to be partying Saturday night. Well, Saturday afternoon at 4 o'clock. You know where the varsity building is by UH, that circle building in that parking lot right across from Puck's Alley? It's the big green rally. So I think virtually every Rainbow Warrior student athlete is going to be there, the coaches the UH band, cheerleaders, rainbow dancers. It's going to be good fun. There's no admission charge. There's going to be, like, food trucks and food tents. They'll have a live DJ. I mentioned the full bar. All the details at biggreenrally.com. So do whatever you're doing during the day, and then join us for the uh, pep rally as we kick off uh, Rainbow Warrior Athletics right there by UH.
1: Sounds like a lot of fun. Can't wait for that. You were saying before the break about Fernando Tatis and the uh, failed drug test 80 game suspension.
0: That was. You know what my takeaway was? What? Ringworm. That's all I got. I saw Ringworm and I went, you.
1: I heard somebody on radio defending him. On radio. Some. Sometimes that these guys are telling the truth. Some It's been proven before. He said sometimes it happens where these guys said they inadvertently took a substance that had something that was banned. They didn't know it, and it's the truth. That doesn't matter. As we've heard and repeat sometimes, ignorance is not an excuse. So, I mean, I feel bad for him. I love this guy as a player. He led the National League, if not the Major Leagues, to homers last year. He had 42 homers and i think if they get him back and he was just re- finishing his rehab stint ready to rejoin the team after a broken wrist supposedly in a motorcycle accident in the off season in the dominican republic but you get him in juan soto uh josh bell uh brandon drury the third baseman from the reds was pretty good i thought they were a team that can compete for the nl championship and i think i know they would or should have without tatis that pulls them back a lot of bit they're still going to be a really good team but I, I know some people are pretty upset about it. Jonathan Poppelbaum, former closer for Washington and Philly and a few other teams, said if I was in the major leagues, I'd drill him every every bat he has because of his stupidity, ignorance, and maybe disrespect. I, I know some people feel that way. If it was a mistake. I feel bad about it, but everybody knows in the major leagues, whatever you're taking, if you're taking any kind of nutrient, substance, right. or anything like that, you've got to be 100% sure it doesn't contain anything on the ban list. So don't say it was for ringworm and I didn't know it. Somebody should have checked. Again, ignorance is not an excuse. So he deserves it, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. the uh, um, clo- It had the ingredient close to bowl, if I'm saying that right. It's a controlled s- substance. Um, clostable acetate is the main active ingredient in troferdermin. It's an ointment that is applied to skin to treat abrasions, erosions, lesions, fissures, and infections. It doesn't say anything about ringworm on there.
1: That's interesting. I, I would think, and I, I even wondered if he had it. I don't think you could get away with lying on something like that, that you would never had it. Uh, but had it what? If you had ringworm. Ringworm. Like, I mean, what, I mean, you would lie and say I had it, and that's why I took it. Somebody would be able to see through that, I would think. That doesn't matter, though. I mean, you just can't get away with it. Everybody knows this. Uh, but it says a little bit about the guy, as great as he is, that he was on a motorcycle in the off season. This guy had three stints on the IL last year. Wow. For a different, I think it was shoulder injuries, if I'm not mistaken. So this was a wrist injury that he suffered in March on a motorcycle, allegedly. I'm not sure if it's been proven yet. In the Dominican Republic, a lot of guys have clauses in their contracts that you can't ride a motorcycle as well as surfing or hang gliding or whatever else. you got to be smarter than that. You're one of the best young players in baseball. And you're, you're ruining, well, I don't know if you're ruining your career, but you're ruining a year or two of your career by these acts. You shouldn't have been on a motorcycle if that was true. No matter what, you just can't do that.
0: You can't be a, ride motorcycles. You
1: shouldn't if you're a major league player because the chance that you might get hurt when you're a twenty, especially when you're a twenty-five, thirty million dollar a year player, and there's a chance of an accident. Why would you jeopardize that? You don't take a chance like that. I mean, I know it sounds. Trivial in a way, like the way you responded. But you can't. I would imagine ninety-nine percent of baseball players know that. As far as that and other activities, you're not going to go surfing. You're not going to go skiing. You're not gonna, you're not gonna Surf, you got you
0: can't go surfing.
1: I think that's in some people's contracts. I believe.
0: I think they. Uh, I. You know what? I think they put that in, uh, and it's just the ignorance. I think they put that in Marcus Mariota's contract or something. Oh, really? But I mean, LeBron James rides a motorcycle. A lot of pro athletes he ride does. motorcycles. Yeah, and people, I, how, are, how unsafe is a motorcycle? I mean, there are more car accidents than motorcycle accidents. Granted, there are more cars on the road than motorcycles, but I mean, are they not allowed to ride bicycles then?
1: I don't think that's – again, this this is what I've read, but you make some sense. I think probably the fact that you don't ride a motorcycle daily, that it might be more dangerous to the people that don't do it every day forever, (laughs) that if you're a LeBron James, it might cause a problem and it's not worth it.
0: Yeah, who's going to tell LeBron James he can't (laughs) ride his motorcycle? Uh, Okay, get this. The standard – now, this is from the Internet, so you know it's true. (laughs) The standard NBA contract specifically prohibits – Boxing, professional wrestling, <laughs> motorcycling, moped riding, auto racing, skydiving, and hang gliding. <laughs> There'll be no hang gliding for you. <laughs> I think some uh, of them are going to be a
1: professional race car driver if that wasn't in the contract, I guess.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, it, uh, Madison Bumgarner comes to mind. Ah, right. You right, know, as, right. as uh, a guy that was, you know, but he was like off-roading it. If you're riding a motorcycle for transportation, I don't know, but I that, that remember Jay again, Williams, yes.
1: He got to a motorcycle accident his rookie year with the Bulls. And then basically, his NFL, NBA career was ruined. And the Bulls paid him. They didn't have to pay him. They did a nice thing there. But that was nice. He got in a motorcycle okay, accident. Okay,
0: what about Danny Hurley? Was that a car
1: accident? Bobby Hurley. Bobby Hurley was a car accident. He got when he was with Sacramento. He he drove into a ditch in Sacramento after a game one night. It was a car accident.
0: Oh, Danny Hurley is the unknown the brother, brother the, he, the coach. He's a he's coach, He's a really yeah. good coach.
1: Yes, at Connecticut right now. Okay. We have a phone call,
2: I believe.
0: All right. Yama, thank you for calling in. Go ahead.
2: Hey, good morning, guys.
0: Hi. Good morning.
2: Hey, um, I think when you guys start mentioning, like, players being banned from doing certain things, I think the one specific movie moment that comes to mind, have you guys ever seen the movie The Program? It's got James Bond in it. Yeah. It's kind of like when, like, that movie is so, like, oh, my God. I don't know how I'm going to go on but I got to do this. It has like all those like crazy dramatic moments. But it's like the scene where like Danny like comes back on his motorcycle, the quarterback, and James just on goes, come on, give him to me. Give me the case. And he has to hand his coach the keys and, I don't know, that just kind of made me think about that. But I guess if you like go skydiving, they're, might, they're probably just like, I don't really see the big deal right there because either, you know, I guess you live or die, there's really, like, no in-between if you like skydiving, goes wrong? Like, you know, like, you're not going to go skydiving and maybe possibly live, but, anyways, um, my main question, actually, for you guys this morning is, um, you know, I've been listening to you guys for years, um, I've called in to you guys from the Big Island, and, Sweet. you know, now I live here, in Hon- and now I live here in Honolulu, I lived, I literally just moved here on Tuesday, um, oh. and, you know, I'm driving to work, and you guys have crazy traffic, obviously, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, a little different than Big Island, obviously, but I, um, uh, one of the main things I wanted to ask you guys is, uh, I love you guys, but I haven't heard Bobby Curran on the Bobby Curran show in oh. quite some time. So is he okay? Um, I guess that's all I was going to ask you.
0: All right. Listen off, listen on the radio and this will be for everybody. Thank you here. Uh, and hope, uh, you, uh, nothing but success here on the gathering a place on Oahu. <laughs> You've talked to Bobby recently.
1: Yeah, uh, I hope we hope to get him on the show this week. He is in Phoenix, Arizona right now. I did talk to his son Finn at the Pigskin Pig Out. So far, as of last Thursday, everything was going well. He is waiting uh, for final approval on his surgery for his lung. Uh, transplant, double lung transplant, as he said, and hopefully we'll be okay. It, once he gets the transplant, it's going to take a few more months before he's able to come back to work. Uh, he sounded very positive, very hopeful. Doctors sounded the same, and he's hoping for as good an outcome as possible. So we're going to try to get an update from him on the show this week. He's been in Phoenix for about eight days now, and uh, okay. I'm waiting for the approval, but from what I heard the other day, so far, so good.
0: All right. Thank you for calling in. Our number is 808 1420, you can also text that number. It's the Zephyr Insurance text line. We were talking about um, Major League Baseball, uh, you know, con- well, it really pro sports contracts. I didn't realize, and I'm just looking here while we're talking. It's like basically every pro sport says you you can't ride, you know, they don't want you to ride motorcycles. Right. But, and you know what, skydiving, there there's been skydivers who land and they break their legs right but they're they're okay it's not like the only it's not black and white you can still have accidents skydiving and that's on your landing if it's a rough landing um but yeah it is it's kind of black and white you either you either live or die
1: do you remember it was a guy for the lakers during the all-star break is one of those eastern european like rodmanovich i think and during the all-star break he went um Boogie boarding on a, on, a, on a mountain with snow and got into an accident, and he lied about it for a couple of days. I forget what his excuse was, oh, yeah. but he did something, and he had to admit what he did was, was I think it was against his contract as well. Uh, I think sleigh, riding, was, sleigh riding, I guess is what it was. Sorry.
0: It was boogie boarding or I, sleigh was. I think it
1: was sleigh riding. I couldn't think of the word for a second. I think he was sleigh riding and got into an accident, and he got hurt. He was out for a while.
0: Sleigh riding, like as in like little kids on a sleigh. Yes, I, like I don't think Santa he was Claus. skiing. I think
1: he was skate- sleigh riding. I believe so. Yeah, snowboarding I,
0: I maybe. Maybe it was snowboarding. Maybe it was, could have been snowboarding
1: as well. Thank could you. Okay, I'm sorry. Sleigh riding. I, I
0: okay. I know. I'm not going to people give... from like Colorado and and I Lake know. Tahoe are like what's what sleigh riding. And there was a, base, a baseball
1: player, and I'm not going to give his name. He was here visiting, and I got to meet him, and he was telling the story that he. Injured his ankle by getting ready for a road trip. He was on the Angels at the time, I'll leave it at that. And he sprained his ankle really bad, couldn't play for two weeks. So his excuse was, which I've heard from other athletes, is he tripped over his luggage as he was carrying his bag out the door. And that's how he got hurt. Is because this a beach,
0: local player?
1: No, no, it's not. It's not. It's not.
0: Oh, no local ties. Well, who's the player?
1: I, I don't want to say because he's still involved in baseball. I don't want to, it's oh. just, it, it, it almost doesn't matter. But he was a, actually uh, he was a very good player. On. Um he was on the Angels. Oh, that doesn't gosh. narrow it down much, but
0: you, you're not going to say the name. Is this a, a friend of yours? Um, he was for
1: a few days. I don't want to give that. That's that's a long story in itself. We uh,
0: <laughs> anyway you don't want to say the player's name. Okay,
1: I, I can't get in trouble. Okay, it was it was Chili Davis. Chili Davis was a batting coach. Was, was the Mets' batting coach last year and got traded. It was interesting, real fact. Because I asked him for his autograph for my nephew. I
0: you asked, asked him for his autograph. Wait, wait a minute. For your nephew.
1: This was when I wasn't getting autographs for myself. I swear, I'm You're not lying. You're
0: still getting autographs. No, I up. don't. No, I get I get pictures. Anyway, anyway, uh-huh. I asked, uh-huh. I, to, I told him. Wait, wait, wait. Hold that thought. Okay, we're way behind. Okay. More stories on grown men getting autographs coming up here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, Let's see. Oh, got to remind you, Call the Coach coming up Wednesday, Ruby Tuesday. Same time, same place as last year. Call the Coach with Timmy Chang and uh, John Venneri will be your host Wednesday, 6 p.m. at Ruby Tuesday in the Moana Shopping Center. We'll see you there. All right, more on grown men getting autographs. Ladies and gentlemen, Gary Dickman.
1: I don't think I was really grown then. It was about 15, 20, actually, it was over 20 years ago. Anyway, this was in the 90s. So you're
0: about 40, <laughs> 50, 30. <laughs>
1: Late 30s. Anyway, so I, I did, and I, and I did, I, I admit when I got a lot of autographs, and I probably got them a little too old, but I, I did get an autograph to my nephew. He always wanted autographs if I could get any. So I asked for an autograph from Chili Davis, and he said, why do you want my autograph? I said, it's from my nephew. And he goes, okay, if you want. I go, hey, you might win a World Series someday. He goes, it'll never happen. In that <laughs> offseason, he got traded to Minnesota. So it had to be uh-huh. like 91 or think, and they won the World Series that year.
0: So oh, kind he, of, so he, oh but he said that'll never happen he goes it'll never really? happen and he moved wow. to Minnesota
1: and won a World Series as a player that very next year so oh that good was kind for of him. ironic that was kind of ironic
0: but where where were you when you got his autograph
1: um I think I was driving him to dinner
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I forget where we were at but we had some good food <laughs> oh yeah what did you eat uh probably a loco moco I believe <laughs> you're making this part up, aren't you uh, I can't remember what we ate, but we did go out for get, <laughs> to get some food. I saw a list but, of the best local mocos uh, on oh, in Oahu. Change
0: subject. Change the subject. No well, uh, okay.
1: Um, we don't Where's the
0: list. best local mocos on Oahu?
1: Rainbow driving. That was according to list. One Two had a list on their on their web, on their app, I believe. Yesterday, I saw that, so I'm just seeing that.
0: Well, who else was in the running?
1: I don't know. I don't know who. I don't know who it was, actually, it was via Yelp. That was what was interesting. I, I'll tell you real fast. You know what was interesting? I didn't like about it. You'd probably agree. I was thinking of you. Five yeah. of the ten places are in Waikiki. Not to knock Waikiki, but I would think the best local mocos in Oahu at least are spread around the island. There's about three from Kalihi, but a lot in Waikiki. And again, Waikiki doesn't have the best shaved ices. We know they're all elsewhere. So I wouldn't think the best local mocos would necessarily be there. Dukes was one of the places on the on the list for um, best Best local, local,
0: moco. local moco? They were really? in the top ten, yeah. Wow. Best shave ice. What's it called? Wailoa? Something mountain. Best shave ice is in Makaha. I think they have a they have a stand somewhere in town. But out in Makaha, there's a place that has the best shave ice. So, so oh no. Okay, uh, top stories coming up next here on ESPN Honolulu. Top stories from the weekend. Marcus Mariota off to a pretty good start for the Atlanta Falcons. Small sample size, but he really looked good.
1: Great seeing him as a starting quarterback. He's getting the opportunity. Hopefully he'll make the, best, the most of it.
0: All right. And uh, Tua Tagovailoa vailoa did not play in uh, Miami's win over Tampa Bay. Uh, Honolulu Little League, they're going to the uh, Little League World Series. Okay. Next game, Wednesday, 1 o'clock. And you can hear it on CBS 1500.
1: I hope we hear a lot of games from them on CBS 1500 as they advance through the brackets and hopefully get to play in the championship once again.
0: Yeah, so they'll have a minimum of two games, you know, and uh, um, all they need is to win the next six games. And they are the champions of the world. All right. um, The uh, preseason NFL games, uh, all of them got, everybody's uh, got them under their belt now. Deshaun Watson heavily booed throughout his time at Jackson. Actually, the whole team was heavily booed at Jacksonville.
1: And Jacksonville has... Maybe maybe one of the worst fan supports over the last decade or two. We've heard that over the years. Still, they let it be known. I, I, we can sense that's going to be the way for Deshaun Watson in every single road game. Even though he issued that apology beforehand, he's going to have to get used to that. I I, I wasn't sure that was going to be expected, in my opinion, at least in a preseason game, but obviously right. it was, and I saw the video and heard it. It was pretty vulgar.
0: How do How do you go from – I have no regrets – I have no regrets to I'm, I'm sorry to all the women that I have impacted in this situation. Words that were carefully chosen. Yes. Right? Yes. Because he, he's, he can't. He can't come out and say, yeah, I'm sorry for what I did. I'm sorry for the women who I have impacted in this situation. I'm sorry for the women in my family. I'm sorry for the women in this organization. I'm sorry if anyone's feelings got hurt or whatever. It's just, you know what, don't even, don't, 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 what's that going to do? Does, does that make anyone go, oh, okay, I see. <laughs> there's there's the remorse that we were looking for. No, you kept by your side going, I haven't done anything wrong. I don't regret a thing that I've done. I've never done anything to abuse or hurt a woman in my life. To so now all of the women that I've impacted in this stop talking. Cleveland Browns, you know, i I, ho- I don't want to see him at a podium, and they're going to protect him from that as long as yeah. he's out there. Yes. But, you know, I don't I don't want to hear him. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to – you know, does he think we're all just stupid? Do the Browns think we're all just dumb that you had to release another statement? It's not going to matter. It doesn't- All it's going to do is remind you of what a scuzzy is. I think for some people, you can't now claim, well,
1: he hasn't said anything about it. He hasn't apologized. Even though he didn't really apologize, he kind of did. So, I mean, you can't accuse him of that. Again, I think on their end, it's probably a smart move to say something without saying too much. So you can't claim that. But, again, a lot of people just see through it and realize he didn't take responsibility, and that's what they want to see. Do they want to see him acknowledge what he did? And he kind of did. So, again, from their viewpoint, I think it might have been a smart move, but I don't think it's really going to work. I want to see him on a podium, though. I want to see him face the media after a game when there's going to be, let's say, 10, 15 reporters there. And you can't tell a reporter not to ask about it. He can say, I have no comment. But then, you know, people look just like they want to, you know, soak newspapers get clicks they're gonna they're gonna feed him this stuff. they want to get a reaction out of him and let's see if he can hold his composure game in game out when he's required to meet the media he wasn't made available after the game on saturday or friday but he will have to be at some point if he plays but one thing to remember everybody no matter what happens with this nfl appeal he's not playing the first six weeks that's guaranteed. The appeal is just to see if it's going to be longer than six weeks. Right. He already has that, no matter what. So that's guaranteed. We won't see him in a preseason game until November, if that. He's definitely missing those games. So I, may, I don't, and I don't think it's going to die down. Whenever he makes his first appearance in a regular season game, and one of those nationally televised games or in Sunday ticket, people are going to be aware of him, and that's when it's going to really start again, all over again for him. And
0: you know. And he was rusty, of course, because he hasn't played in a while, right? Yeah. And I I wonder, does the crowd affect you mentally? Uh Mentally, if you're going to go, say he's allowed to play after six weeks. This isn't going away. I don't think this is going to go away for a while. But does it affect you and your teammates as well? when, When people are just booing the whole time, I wonder if after a while, I mean, what are you doing? I mean, you can do like Joel Betonio said. It's us. It's the Cleveland Browns against the world. You know, do you take that as your kind of battle cry and have that attitude? Or does all the negativity, I wonder, kind of break you down a little bit as you go on?
1: See, it's one thing to get booed. The chant, and I can't repeat the whole thing, was you sick bleep. And it was a lot more than booing. And the thing is, it was from the end zone when he was on, like, what, the 10-yard line, 5-yard line. He had to hear it, at least that chant. I don't know how the no, rest of I know. the game went.
0: But I'm wondering, does it affect him?
1: Yeah, I wonder, How does too. it
0: affect his? Is, is that what uh, affecting his play? I would
1: think, again, in the first game with probably not all starters in, I mean, not playing in a week and a year and a half, it might have been just the rust. But that's something to consider moving ahead if it can get to him because it's going to be loud and it's going to be right. constant.
0: Okay, now, does it continue even if he's not playing? Do all of the Cleveland Browns get boos after that, even if he's not playing? On the the road, I would think so. Because what it sounded like was that they were booing the team as well. It was just, you know, as Tanner said earlier this morning, I don't know if he said it on or off the air, it's like uh, guilt by association or something like that, I wonder. Yeah. You know, you can't blame the guy. Okay, when – I think hopefully fans are a little smarter than that. When Andrew, is it Andrew Benintendi? Is that the baseball player? Andrew Benintendi, he he was a, uh, you know, he really became famous as a Boston Red Sox. And the Yankees are playing the Red Sox, and now he plays for the Yankees. But the Boston fans aren't booing him. If he left on his own to go to the Yankees, they would probably boo him. But they understand that it wasn't his fault he got traded. So he got traded to, I can't remember who he was. Kansas uh, City. Kansas City, and then to the Yankees. So he's traded. So they don't boo him. They actually kind of cheer for him still, even though he's on the Yankees. So I think hopefully fans are smart enough to go, okay, Joel Betonio is not the problem here on the Cleveland Browns.
1: Yeah, and for Ben Attendee, he was also kind of a World Series hero, I believe, in 2017 when they won, had some big games against the Dodgers. So maybe that's one reason. And that, that's a good point. I would imagine, though, for like the Cleveland Browns, as you were saying, Chris, when they're on the road, they're going to get booed anyway. Uh, I don't know if you'd have the vulgar chance if Deshaun Watson is not they're there. They're going for those to get person. booed.
0: They're going to get booed on the road. You think they'll get booed on the road? You think the fans are going to still hold it against the Browns? Well, they're going to
1: boo because it's a, it's an opponent on your home turf. Anybody, any road team's oh, going to get booed. No, but I don't know if it'll like, be extra. But not like yesterday. Yeah, not
0: like yesterday.
1: If he's not there, I don't think you'd hear those. I wouldn't think you'd hear those chants. I mean, right. when he goes to Philadelphia, and well, Philadelphia is at home. Baltimore could be another story. They've been a rival anyway. The fans probably don't like Cleveland. This gives them even more ammunition.
0: And it's going to be a full stadium.
1: Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, it's not going to be like Jacksonville in a preseason game. He, he has to know it's coming. He has to expect it. Let's see if he can if he can drown it out, so to speak, or – keep it away and not notice it. I think that's easier said than done. But he's probably been – I mean, I'm sure he's not reading the tweets and all the comments, but he's probably aware about how people perceive him, how they look at him right now, which is a a bum. And we got a phone call right now. Junior is with us. Hey, Junior.
6: Hey, how's it going, guys? I had a great weekend. How about you guys? Good. Oh, anyway, uh, with this this Sean Watson thing, you know, if – he does well, nobody cares because people wanna see good quarterbacks, which we hardly have any quarterbacks left. And if he doesn't do well then they're gonna do the chanting about you know what he what they're doing at the other stadiums, but that's the NFL thinking like this is a marketable guy, even though he did bad because every stadium people or every game he plays, whether it be home or away, they're gonna follow this guy. But if he does well, You know, they're going to say, I'm glad they got rid of that other guy they sent to, um, what was that? Uh, Baker Mayfield Uh, or Carolina. Yeah, Baker Baker Mayfield. So if he wins, they'll do good. But uh, my suggestion next time, instead of going to Florida, come to Hawaii. You know, maybe Gary can take him down Keomoku or some other streets down there (laughs) and and, and, and tell him that's uh, Chili Davis' brother, you know, tall guy, good arm, (laughs) And maybe a maybe, you know, local MoCo Davis or something, you know? <laughs> and then it'll be cool. Nobody will know. Uh, the mama sons will be happy. And then Gary gets a little tip, too, yeah? Maybe take them to Rainbows for dinner. Yeah, anyway, that'll thanks, happen. Thanks, guys. You guys are the best. You guys are the All best. Right. Thanks. Thanks, Junior.
0: And uh, it's your friend right there. Your friend. Hey, uh, coming up in 10 minutes, guess who's going to be here? Benny Agbayani is going to yeah. join us. And, um um he's he's been invited to what the met old what old timers
1: day they're going to have a lot i don't know if they've had one in recent years but they used to do it all the time they're going to have it on saturday the 27th and uh he and sid fernandez are both on the list of players going there but we'll talk to benny uh about that about the mets this year and what he's been up to coaching softball at ilani
0: yeah i went to uh, a, and a junior call he said we hope we have a, had a good weekend i tried to go to the blue angels yesterday couldn't do it thank you to uh thank you to um Um the folks who invited us out there, it's gonna be a nice little chalet enjoying the jet planes. And I figured, okay, uh, go to church, go to lunch, and then head out there and be plenty of time, about eleven thirty or twelve o'clock, heading out to uh on the H three. And then it was like the traffic is something I've never it was horrible. So I sat in traffic for about half an hour and was able to reach one last turnoff to Kaneohe Bay Drive. Because as you're coming down the mountain, heading into that gate of uh, K-Bay, you can see it's like one lane going in, and the traffic is not moving at all. So uh, when I went to on Kaneohe Bay exit or to get off to go to Kaneohe Bay Drive, you can see the cars coming from Kailua. Stretched out for miles and driving down Kaneohe Bay trying to get out to Cam Highway, it was, it seemed like it was a couple of miles of cars. Yes. Or at least a mile of cars. Man, it was, you know, for folks, and my wife would say, hey, you should have went a little, we should have left earlier. And I said, yeah, I guess. But even friends of ours, on Friday they were there. So Friday, it's not a week, it's, you know, many people are working and stuff. Even Friday, it took an hour and a half for them to get off base. It's I don't like think they performed a cool on Friday.
1: I thought, wasn't it Saturday and Sunday, or was it Friday too?
0: It must have been Friday because, unless he was talking about, no, because he said it must have been Friday because I saw him on Saturday. And anyway, the um, I wish there was someplace else they could do that because it's just, it's, I don't know, it's, the base is not big enough i mean Kaneohe uh, marine corps base is one of the smaller marine bases it's not a big base and um, my son lives there so i've been on it and there's it's a you know it's just a little tiny base one way in one way out oh and they can't they can't they don't have the the way to do it was to go on a boat that was the way to do it if you can get into Kaneohe bay on a boat awesome because it was flying, uh, it was all day. Not just the Blue Angels, right? But right. all day was just uh, entertainment. What a lot of people did, I saw. And this is while we're waiting in traffic. They have, they have, you know, scenic lookout points on the H three where you can pull over. So near the base, there was an elevated scenic lookout, and so it was uh, all these bikers and other people. They were just sitting up there watching the air show. That was a great the way to bu- do it. Yeah, you get a great view from there. <laughs> Anyway, but, um, man, they are super, super popular, the Blue Angels. If you uh, got a chance to watch them, uh, I'm sure it was super awesome. I just didn't – it was like two – I was thinking, okay, am I going to take two hours in traffic to get there, watch for an hour, and then at least two hours just to get off base again? I just said, nah, let's just turn around.
1: I did that last time they were here. It was a great, great show, but the traffic going in and out was just the worst, and that's – the main reason I didn't go this time.
0: I remember there was one year, and this is for some. There was some. I don't remember what base it was on, and it was there was a concert on base, but it was open to the public or something. And I dropped my daughter off. It was kind was of a teenager. Old. Dropped her daughter off. I don't remember what concert it was. Do you remember what concert it was? Yeah. It
1: was a uh, Black Eyed Peas, I believe you told me.
0: Oh, okay. And then they, um, the concert wasn't over yet, or the the concert ended or something. Or it wasn't over yet. But they closed the base, so you couldn't get on base if you were a civilian. I said, I, I dropped off my daughter. I got to pick her up. She went to the concert, and there was all these other angry parents going, "Hey, what's up?" Well, she can. They, they're going to have to walk to the gate, and it was like two miles away. <laughs> and it was, finally, God. somebody made a phone call, and they opened it up. I mean, this guy's just following orders, yeah. but they didn't think that thing all the way through. <laughs> anyway. All right, a Penny uh, is going to join us. I want to let's talk Iolani softball too. How about that? Huh? We'll
1: definitely throw that. His daughters are on, one daughter is on the team, the other daughter playing collegiately now.
0: Awesome. Hey, call the coach is coming up Wednesday already. It's call the coach with Timmy Chang, six o'clock Ruby Tuesday in the Moanalua Shopping Center. They've got good Locomocos, too. You can call or text in with your questions. Uh, to John Veneri and Coach Chang. Brought to you by Ruby Tuesday, Hawaii, IBEW, Local 1186, Hawaiian Financial Federal Credit Union, Hawaii Pacific Health, and Paxa.
3: All
0: right. We are efforting to get Mr. Agbayani on the line. And uh, let's go to the Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420. And uh, we just got to talk about the Blue Angels. Uh, I just got a text. I just got this one. Blue Angels just flew over Punchbowl. Six planes in formation and one to the right. They're going to the mainland now. Ah, oh, well, aloha. Aloha wow. to the uh, Blue Angels. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, here's another text Chris, Saturday left Eva at 12 noon, arrived at K Bay at 2 p.m. Angels, the Blue Angels ended at 4 p.m early dinner food truck at K Bay departed at 6 p.m back home at seven great show fresh air all right and uh, we've hoped to, yeah I couldn't I I didn't want to I, I, I didn't want to deal with it I said you know what I really want to go but
1: nah not worth it. Well, we're going to talk some Major League Baseball to get us away from the Blue Angels and traffic. And joining us now on ESPN Home, who played for a few Major League teams, including my favorite, the New York Mets. Joining us is Benny Agbayani. Benny, thanks again for coming on today. And I saw that you were invited to Old Timers Day. doesn't seem like you're that old. Uh, is this the first Old Timers Day you're going to get to play in for the Mets? Uh,
5: yes, it'll be the first time. and I'm very grateful to get the opportunity to uh, go back to New York.
1: And I, I believe Sid Fernandez at least is on the roster. Do you know if he's going as
5: well? Uh, yeah, I think he is. Um, I, I guess uh, whoever is on the roster are um, heading to New York. So when you get to play in this game,
1: and I, I used to remember them growing up, they used to have it every year for the Mets back then. It's been a while, I think, that they've continued them. Are you going to go all out? Are you going to show everybody how uh, much of a power hitter you are?
5: I don't think I will because I'm living. I'm way older now, and I don't. I don't know if I have that much juice left in me.
1: Well, you're probably one of the younger guys there, but that's going to be fun. It's on Saturday, August 27th, before the Mets play Colorado. So uh, I know a lot of Mets fans are happy about that. Hey, speaking of the Mets, they're doing great. They have the second-best record in baseball right behind the L.A. Dodgers. What are your thoughts on how the Mets have played so far?
5: Oh, I'm, I'm ecstatic. I mean, I, I see, you know, the, the owner, you know, he said he's going to go out and try and win. And, you know, I, the Mets are playing very well. And, you know, everything is uh, clicking their way. And hopefully they can uh, keep going.
1: You played in the World Series in two thousand and one against the New York Yankees, and the Mets are playing the Yankees a week from tomorrow at Yankee Stadium. I've never gone to a Mets-Yankees game. You played in those games. What is that atmosphere
5: like? If you can describe that? Oh, it's uh that 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 stadium's going to be shaking. I mean, you know, it's so it's so awesome that they get to play each other, and then you know the New York fans come together. You know, they root. You know, they root for their teams really hard, but at the end, it, it's so. Um, you know, it's so great to see families come together, even though they um, cheer for the different um, teams in the household.
1: Do you really hear everything the fans are saying? We were talking about that as far as it uh, goes with a football player earlier. But what about in baseball, especially in Yankee
5: Stadium when you're the enemy? Do you hear the fans there, what they're saying? You know, what? to tell you the truth, I can tell you a lie, you know, saying, yeah, um, no, I don't, but you can really hear it. I mean, from the from the from when the bus pulls up, Till so we get to the field, to the end of the game, you can hear them. They're, they're out there. I guess you just try to drown them out. We're
1: talking with former Met, former Major League Baseball player Benny Agbiani with the Sports Animals on the Bobby Curran Show here on ESPN Honolulu. A couple more questions on the Mets. We'll move on to Major League Baseball and what you're doing now. Uh, you see Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom. Are there any two-bitter, one-two punch as far as starting pitchers with any team? With What they've done, especially lately, is just incredible.
5: Yeah, it is. You know, and you know, it's just they. You know, gotta stay healthy. And I think the, that has been the Mets' problems over the years. You know, the pitching. You know, they get hurt, and you know, they fill it in. But it's not like having those two guys at the front of your um, pitching uh, rotation. And when you have them healthy, they can do some damage. Do
1: you see any other pitch? I'm sure there are other pitchers. Who do you see as maybe the top pitchers in MLB right now besides those two?
5: Um. I don't know. I got to go with them, too.
1: Okay. I'm glad you said that as well. Major League Baseball has changed a little bit since you played. And, again, it wasn't that long ago. I'm not a big fan of the extra inning rule where you start off with a runner on second. What about you?
5: Um, that's pretty funny because I know in softball, when you go to the international rule, they <laughs> put that runner on second. So, I don't know if they got that um, you know, from them. But um, it's pretty exciting because you know, it's a different – it's a different atmosphere and it's uh, different thinking because you know you can win by one one run, if the you know if you don't execute it. But you know it's it's. Um, you know, I think they should. You know, for the fans, I think they should just go to X innings. Yeah, I do too. I mean, some
1: games do go long, but it's still it's just how baseball as we know it. So I agree with you on that. What about the shift rule? I, I know they're talking about having a shift rule. To me, I don't like it that you can tell a player where he can play or you where he can't play defense. I just don't like that. Do you have any thoughts on it?
5: Um, yeah. You know, but the shift. You know, I, I don't really like it. You know, it's just you know just normal. Let's just play normal baseball and you know see how the game goes after that because I think that shift is. You know, to me, it's, that's not real baseball. I mean, you just got to go out there and play, you know, straight up and, you know, see who wins. I agree as well. Betty Agbayani joining the
1: Sports Animals on the Bobby Current Show here on ESPN Honolulu. When you see some of the players from Hawaii in the major leagues right now, Isaiah Kainer-Falefa drove in all three runs for the Yankees on Saturday, including his first home run, Colton Wong doing well, some former UH players there. What are your thoughts on what you've seen with the Hawaii talent?
5: Oh, it's great. It puts a smile on my face because, you know, it's been a long time since we had a lot of kids from Hawaii playing in the major leagues. And, you know, it's great, you know, the success they're having and, you know, hopefully they stay healthy and, they you know, they keep playing and representing the 808. It's, you know, it's just, you know, it's great to see some of these kids out in Hawaii, you know, looking at these kids and, you know, seeing through that TV is, you know, hopefully one day it'll be them.
1: Do you get a chance to talk to any of the players currently in the majors these days?
5: Uh no, I don't. You know, I, I have kids now. I have a family and you know family comes first.
1: And speaking of that, we mentioned bef- uh, before you joined us that you are the softball coach at Ealani. I know two of your daughters are on the team doing exceptionally well. Tell us about where they are what where they are right now. I think one's in college, but tell us about
5: them. Yep, my oldest one is at Cal Berkeley. This should be her last year um, Playing at Cal Berkeley, and my uh, younger one is uh, off to BYU in Provo. And I got one more. I got one more. So, I got my son, so you know I'm putting all, you know, putting so much time into him right now, and you know, giving him the opportunity. What position does your son play? Uh, he's a middle infielder.
1: Okay. Is he gonna go to Iolani? Uh, yes, he
5: goes to Iolani. Okay. We'll have to look out for him. And about your daughters, what positions do they play? Uh, my, um, my second one plays uh, Middle infield and my oldest plays in the outfield.
1: Okay, well, Cal's obviously one of the top schools. We see them every year, so it should be a lot of fun. We wish you well at the old-timers game. I'm going to definitely be following that, at least on social media, and hopefully you can knock out a home run, but that should be a yeah. great experience. We thank you for joining us. Hopefully we can talk in October when the Mets are in the World Series. That's the hope, right?
5: Yes, sir. Thank all you right. very
1: much, guys. Uh, all right. Thank you, Benny. Appreciate that. Benny Agbayani, former Med. He played for several other teams too, including Colorado, uh, I believe in Houston, if I'm not mistaken, joining us on ESPN Honolulu. Doing a good job as a softball coach and his daughter is both playing collegiately. pretty special.
0: I can't remember his oldest daughter's name. I remember calling a game on the radio when she was she was a she was a really good pitcher, but she was known for her offense. But she was a really good pitcher in high school too.
1: Yeah, I, I do remember that, I think, reading some of the clippings from back then. I, I didn't realize she was at Cal all this time. That's pretty special as well.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. You go to – and you're on scholarship, right? Yeah. Not, not, like a, not, not a bad education. All right, it's Chris Hart and Gary Dickman on the Bobby Curran Show on ESPN Honolulu. If you're feeling a little uh, hangry, don't be, and head on down to DB Grill in Kapolei for some great local grinds with an Asian cuisine twist. They've got kimchi fries and ginger pork, chong fried rice, calamari katsu, and a lot more. And don't forget to try their handcrafted soju carafts or a beer bucket. They're open daily for lunch and dinner. Visit dbgrillhi.com or follow them on social media at dbgrillhi. the zephyr insurance text line is open at 808-296-1420 this is a text it didn't come to us it actually came friday afternoon but somebody wrote "In uh where can i go and donate money to the families of little league world series parents do you know how do you do how do you find a GoFundMe page you you've Googled go- something like that, or yeah, it's on yeah. Facebook, or what, what is it? I think that
1: question went to Josh in the afternoon. I'm hoping right, he right, answered right. it, but I would think you can – I know you. I've checked them before. You can just hit GoFundMe.com. I'm not sure how you would go from then in the search button to maybe just check Little League Hawaii or something like that, but you can just
0: go to GoFundMe.com. All right, here's a text from earlier this morning. Uh, just because a coach is fiery and energetic does not make them a good coach. Remember Mike Singletary? Obviously, sure, I know that. We know that. But um, I think we were talking about Dan Campbell. So that's – I think that he's maybe – by becoming a head coach in the NFL, at least he's probably got more than – like they didn't go, hey, this guy's fiery. Let's have him be our head coach. Doesn't work that way. Yeah,
1: just an observation. I mean, we're not saying he's a good coach, but he was entertaining and fun to watch. That's for sure to listen to.
0: Yeah, he might be a good coach. We just don't know yet. He hasn't been right. uh, doing it that long. But thank you for texting in. Uh, we did give, I'll, I'll do this again. We d- read this earlier, but just another shout out to the um, Little League 14 year old team. Uh, they're in the uh, Little League World Series American playoffs in Michigan. So they won their first game yesterday, and they play against Southwest today. They're called the West Team. So another shout out. For the 14-year-olds. Um, this one says, okay, that one's just putting us down. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, we we're talking about the, uh, the, the drug that uh, Fernando Tatis took, the steroid thing in it. And it says, under a microscope, the parasite causing dermal lesions is a ringworm. Oh, okay. Because I was like, why are you taking that for ringworm? And I'm thinking of um, when dogs get ringworm, how you find out they they get it. I don't want to go into details if anyone's having breakfast. But thank you very much (laughs) for that text, 808-296-1420. Okay, this one says, and thank you for texting. It says, I'm a pharmacist. Steroid creams can be helpful for some skin problems and can even temporarily reduce ringworm symptoms like itching and redness, but they don't kill the fungus that causes ringworm. Steroid creams can also make ringworm worse because they we- weaken the skin's defenses. Because his, Fernando Tati said, oh, sorry, I took this because of my uh, ringworm. And this pharmacist is saying, it makes it worse, not better. I would Us think is. if you're an
1: athlete, you have your manager, trainer, whatever, check every ingredient on any substance you're going to take without taking a chance. Don't leave it up to some, something like this to happen like it happened to Tatis.
0: Uh, let's see. Here's one. Uh, I was talking about, uh, you know, motorcycles, you know, pro athletes and a lot of their contracts that can't ride motorcycles. And I thought, you know, motorcycles aren't that dangerous. And then someone says, ask Jason Williams from Duke how dangerous a motorcycle was.
1: Yeah, and uh, it definitely is I think, almost everybody's contract as well as some other activities as well. Not recommended.
0: It's, a, it's also standard in a lot of pro contracts that you can't be a – in a, a football, uh, that you can't be a pro wrestler. No pro wrestling in the offseason. Why? And somebody texted in and said, it's the Russ Francis rule. He was wrestling during the offseason. Of course he was. But
1: Dwight Howard a uh, few weeks ago said he plans on joining the WWE. He didn't say he's retiring from the NBA. So I wonder if he might try to do both. Apparently not. But he mentioned trying to be a pro wrestler. He's actually yeah, got the but, size and the
0: strength. Yeah, I don't know. And the acting skills maybe. <laughs> the he, I don't think anybody wants uh, wants him. <laughs> well, well the he's a name at least. He's a familiar name. but No, the NBA. Oh, the NBA. I'm saying he's his playing bad career bad. is pretty much done. <laughs> Probably so, yeah. All right. You were talking about uh, the best uh, loco mocos, and somebody texted in, Liliha Bakery has the best loco moco.
1: Hey, did, Liliha, on the Bakery, list.
0: did, they, did Liliha Bakery open up in Pearl City yet? Does anyone Not know? Not yet. It's supposed to be pretty oh. soon
1: from with the signs I saw recently, though, yes.
0: I like they, they have this toast that's really bad for you and tastes really good, and then they have this, like, neon jelly. Oh, it's so awesome uh we're talking about the blue angels they say the h3 is the best place to watch the blue angels thank you very much uh animals will you be covering the pep pep rally on saturday will you be on the air from what time i don't understand that the uh pep rally
1: yeah that's what what he means
0: Uh, i will be your hostess with the mostess at the pep rally coming up yes ESPN Honolulu is uh, presenting that to the public, and it's. I think every single. I gotta find my email. I think like every single coach and student athlete is gonna be there. Rainbow dancers, the band, the cheerleaders, open bar, live DJ. It's gonna be good fun. Uh, Four p.m. to ten p.m. The big green rally up there at uh, um, the next to the varsity building. So right across the street from, right across the street from. Um, uh, Pucks, Huck's Alley. Yeah. And again, there's no admission charge. It's going to be fun. Try to check it out. And those are our texts at 808 296 1420.
1: But I just want to read a few more of the, uh, I know we don't like to do lists, but the best local mocos on Oahu. As I mentioned, Rainbow Drive In.
0: Okay, okay. According, so according that to we don't Yelp. Plagiarize. Okay, according
1: thanks. to Yelp through K H O N 2, they released it on their Twitter page. Uh, Rainbow Drive In, Leiliha Bakery, number two. Well, Leiliha Bakery, where's that? It's in uh, Kalihi. Uh, Heavenly Island Lifestyle Le-li-ha, in Le-li-li-ha Waikiki. You mean
0: Liliha Bakery? bakery uh, they're on Nimitz? Please save your questions till the end. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I, I talked all over you. I'm sorry. Say it again. Okay. After uh, Liliha Bakery. Liliha Bakery and Kalihi. It's Liliha Bakery.
1: Okay. Heavenly Island Lifestyle. Not Leaf Style. Lifestyle in Waikiki. Never heard of it. Uh-huh. Helena's Hawaiian Food in Kalihi. Oh, yeah. Hula Grill in Waikiki. Island-style barbecue in Kalihi. Liliha drive-in in in Kalihi. Liliha. Liliha. Musubi Cafe. And (laughs) I can't even read this last name. Musubi Cafe. Musubi? What's a Musubi? Iasume in Waikiki. Shore Fry in Waikiki. And Aloha Kitchen in Waikiki.
0: (laughs) Repeat after me. Liliha. Liliha. Hey, good job. (laughs)
1: <laughs> but, again, I mean, and I'm not putting down those places. I just, you know, generally when you want to get authentic local food, you would like, mm-hmm. if, you, if you're if you going to go to New York, you want to get authentic pizza, you're not going to get it from a fast
0: food place. You're going to get it from – but you haven't had you haven't had any of these Waikiki um, places, right? No, no.
1: As I said I'm not putting them down. I'd say generally, though, I would. And I'm using the shave ice as an example. I've had shave ice in Waikiki once. It's not even close to what you would get at any of the places on the North Shore. Wailoa, shave ice uh, near Iolani, not too far from there, um, near the old Stadium Park in that area there, on the other side of the Alawai, Those were way better. I've had places in Pearl City and other places that are way better. Uh, so that's just my opinion on maybe authentic in Waikiki. You, if you're going to get a lay, you're going to get a lay in Waikiki, or you're going to get a lay at a real lay stand somewhere on the island. You're going to go downtown, Chinatown, maybe. You, you'll get a better no, lay, I think. You'll so get a more authentic the, lay. Go to
0: the airport. Go to the or airport. the airport,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just my general way of looking at it. And I could be wrong. Those places could be fine. I'd rather I, I go would, to a local place.
0: I would go, you go to Watanabe Floral. I mean, you can mm-hmm. go, depending on what, if you just want to pick up a. A quick orchid lay, just go to Times or Safeway or something. But I wouldn't
1: go to Waikiki necessarily. You can go to a store and you're going to get a plastic one as an example. And some people might think it's the same thing.
0: Tourists. They might only think that. sell plastic lays in Waikiki. No, I
1: said, but you'll get them in Waikiki. And some people might think <laughs> that they're the same thing. I mean, if I'm going to get a real good one, I'm not going to go there to get one as an example.
0: Well, there's probably local people that sell lays in Waikiki. Let's talk about Locomocos, Chris. All right. Well, you know what? Uh, we'll be back at it coming up next here on ESPN Honolulu. We'll be right back. Hard time now. I feel so bad. I'm Why? really sorry. I'm really sorry that you can't pronounce anything. You know, oh you've lived in Hawaii longer than you've lived in New York.
1: Wait a minute. You just started this conversation where you're sorry. You're giving me a hard time. Then you continue. Where did that come from? Okay, I'll be quiet.
0: <laughs> Can I bring up something? Hey, hey Bobby Curran is uh, um, still away. We're going to fill in in the meantime. All your positive thoughts, as some people say. Uh, Please pray for Bobby that he uh, gets better and gets back in this seat soon. Go ahead.
1: I was thinking about the Deshaun Watson case, and not about Watson specifically, but the fact that Roger Goodell appointed this person to hear the appeal of a judge out of New Jersey, and they've used Uh him before. In my perfect world, I wish for the next CBA Mm -hmm. The players will get to decide who here is appealed because I've said it, I think you've agreed and others have, maybe not everybody, that when Roger Goodell doesn't become the judge, jury and executioner, but chooses who is, at least part of that with the investigation, we don't trust them because they were hired by the NFL like Sue Robinson, like the other lady who has done so many of them. Let the players' union pick somebody. If you can have the NFL approve, then I think we would all believe that these investigations or hearing combined would be honest as opposed to maybe being biased when Goodell and or the NFL choose them. can't have the owners choose them because they'll be biased. And you could say, well, the players' might, union might be biased. Let the NFL approve. Then I think if they oh. both agree on somebody, I would yeah. trust that process a lot more.
0: Okay, what if they uh, they okay the players? What if the owners don't approve all of these, over and over and over again? Tanner Hayworth has some comments on this. What did you just text us, Tanner? I basically was
3: just saying. The players' union already agreed to this deal, though. It's not like that this was brought up out of nowhere. Right. This was selectively bargained.
1: I'm saying the next CBA, because I I don't think they would like, I mean, maybe not this case specifically, but we know it's not a good deal for the players overall. They did agree for it. I'm saying the next CBA, let the players decide who hears these investigations or does the investigating and hears the appeal. But how much?
3: But isn't that the same thing that the NFL is doing? Right now, but I
1: don't think people trust the NFL. I don't. This is the, I, I don't trust say, the NFL when they're hiring these if, people.
3: If you if this was an NFL wanting to do whatever they want, then why did Roger Goodell not do this by himself? Then I think this oh, okay, was a good here move by Roger to not make it all on him. Because no, I for think this is
1: a case only. Though we heard from uh, people. Right. I think Jeff Darlington said this the other day that Roger Goodell, in this case specifically, did not want to be the guy to call the final shot on Deshaun Watson. So they had that put into this process that somebody else would. But again, so hiring the person. Yeah. Yes,
0: he is calling the shot. It's just somebody else is going to be the mouthpiece for what Roger Goodell wants. But and thank you, Tanner. But if you have the players, uh, if you if the players' union picks and the NFL can appeal that, then they'll just be in the appeal pro- process all the time. You'll never get anything
1: done. No, what, I, what I'm saying is that the players pick somebody that they want to hear the appeal. Right. The, whoever's going to be independent, somebody has to hire and let the NFL approve it. Oh, then they, they about, shouldn't have to
0: appeal. How about this? You pick somebody who nobody picks. You pick somebody beforehand that's agreed upon by the – even if nothing's happened, say, hey, if we got to go to some kind of arbitration, if we got to go to some kind of decision before the season starts, the designated person will be who, and both parties have to agree. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what right. I'm but, saying. Right, but but right, but but say it before the season even starts. Okay. We don't have anybody in trouble. There might not be any trouble. But if this happens, here's a totally neutral person, and maybe they don't even pick. Maybe a maybe somebody in government yeah. would pick who this person is going to be. Take it out of both of these guys' hands. That
1: would be fine, too, if you could have it somehow done that way. Because I don't think a lot of people trust the NFL when they do. Because it's biased. I mean, again, how many times has Roger Goodell hired somebody? But Mary Joe White is the other one, and she's heard several. Of these. I think Gate might have been her. But if when they're hiring them, I don't trust the decision because they might get some uh, – influence from the nfl and i don't quite. Not not to... they are well, okay. knows It yeah so i wish that would be the process i i i can't understand in a way why this has taken so long because when this first was announced that the nfl was appealing the six game suspension most people naturally were saying this would take a week maybe a little over a week but certainly before the 1st preseason game it's been two weeks now and going on the third week by friday i believe does it really need to take that long i know it's not an easy thing i'm sure but it's really taking a lot longer than some people anticipated. Yes, and, and just generally on that, I, again, I just think they should have somebody else do it. Let's say, let's say the NFL wins and they get a year and/or indefinite suspension, starting with a year. People going to think, well, the NFL. Okay, Roger Goodell didn't do it. You can't blame him, but he hired this guy. How many people are going to believe it was an honest investigation and appeal? Not many. Maybe some will. I don't. So I wish they would take it out of the NFL's hands totally and have somebody else involved with this to make it a lot more legit.
0: You know what the NFL needs to do is fix Soldier Field, because it wasn't that a lot of play, maybe a lot of players had something to do with it. But what I'm getting at is that the NFLPA, speaking of the NFLPA, they're like, hey, you know what? Too many people complaining about the field. You need to evaluate this for safety reasons. Are you kidding me? An NFL team has a field so bad that for safety reasons, people are concerned about playing there. Noticeable divots, uh, missing patches of grass. I guess what they had, they had an Elton John concert like the day before. So, you know, everybody tore up all the grass and everything. And it's like, really? I don't think you can have, you know, 50,000 people at an Elton John concert and then play a football game the next day. Who's Stupid. not thinking?
1: Right. and I mean, it used to be baseball season when they played in the same stadium would be the cause of that, and that's not the case anymore. There's no excuse for that. I thought it was exaggerated a few weeks ago when somebody said Soldier Field is a really rough playing surface, but apparently okay. not.
0: Okay, trivia question. Who's the last NFL team to play on one of those dirt fields where the Come pinfield. on.
1: You think you're dealing with an amateur? The Oakland A's. Come on, Chris. <laughs> Come on. The, uh, Gary, what do I Oakland? win?
0: The Oakland A's aren't a, aren't a football team. Oakland Raiders. Uh, okay. Well, say Oakland Raiders. I mean, at okay. least I know the David's between a baseball team and a, sol- a softball team. <laughs> All right. That that's going That's going to do it for us. Uh, don't forget, call the coach on Wednesday, the Big Green Rally on Saturday. Make your plans now. Uh, let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy at noon. And Josh Paceco this afternoon at 3 here on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM.